0: Everybody talks like – when everybody talks and they're like, oh, I can't wait to get home and have a nice home-cooked meal. And I'm like, ooh, I have have a lot better home-cooked meals at
1: home.
2: (laughs) It's easy. You just take a skillet, you turn the stove on, you throw some meat in there, you throw some other shit in there, and blamity blue, you got a meal.
3: I don't know how to start this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's the start.
1: Episode Episode 40!
3: How's it going, socks people in Sox land? We're the Sox cast, the most prepared podcast in the world. And to my immediate virtual right, he's not overly fond of that spaghetti you made him last night. It's Rhett. Oh, I love spaghetti. You do?
1: Yeah.
3: I'm a vegetarian. I gotta
4: like some stuff.
3: Dude, you know those are like worms, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like spaghetti and, much. and ox blood. They say it's I didn't tomato like spaghetti sauce. much
0: when my when I had it made a long time ago. But then like Anna made sauce that was got sauce that just wasn't water, and then I found out that spaghetti tastes real good. Yeah, you
3: got to have like a nice thick spaghetti sauce. I think whether yeah. it be, whether it be a tomato sauce or like a beef kind of
0: uh-huh. thing going on. I think my mom would take just ground beef and just dump it into the sauce without draining it at all. So oh, that's just... gross.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: that is, that is real gross. Yeah. yeah. It needs to be drained. And then burning it. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not the way to good spaghetti. I find. Yeah. Um, so, Rhett, what kind of spaghetti do you like? Uh, I don't know. Like Spaghetti. I'm more into like rotini
4: and stuff. Actually, have you ever had Where's a good go?
3: have you ever had a good a baked spaghetti?
0: No, really
2: baked spaghetti. Good.
0: That's a thing you can do. It's really damn good. Look it up. Cool. It's really damn good.
2: You can't rap battle on bad spaghetti. That's why Rhett and John are not greatest rappers oh. alive.
1: <laughs>
3: to my immediate virtual left, he's got nothing but your nuts on his noggin. It's John Thayer. Hi. Hey, John. What's yeah, on, what's on your noggin?
0: Well, like I think you just you just put it out, and then and also also um I asked Anna what baked spaghetti was, and she's like, well, how do you think they make lasagna? <laughs> she's got a point. There but, you go. But,
3: but but lasagna is 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 a different thing from just baked spaghetti.
0: But can you put nuts on baked spaghetti?
3: I don't see why not. <laughs> there you go. Dep- it might burn a little bit, but I'm sure that you know you'll be having yourself a good time one way or yeah. another.
0: Yeah. So how
3: you feeling, John?
0: I feel just spectacular.
3: You really you ready for a big old podcast?
0: I've got a giant cup of tea, and there's dolphins on the cup. They look just very happy. They just look like really happy dolphins, and I'm just really happy for them. It's,
3: that's something that this podcast doesn't have a- enough of, I think, is we don't have enough happy dolphins.
0: I know, right? We're We've had... Dolphins
3: e- in general. We've had Echo the dolphin a couple of times. Yeah, yeah
0: but I don't think Echo's very happy. That's not
3: happy <laughs> at all for anybody involved. Is Echo Jr.? I don't think Echo... Like, would you be happier if you were Echo's son? Good point. Yikes. 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 We got a special guest. You might have heard him already. That lovable, unmistakable, orgasmic voice of his just brings all the girls to the yard every time we have him on. We have not had him on in a hot fucking minute. It's been about a year. Boner, welcome back to the show. Hi, I'm Boner. <laughs> you are Boner. I just now realized that. How's it going? I'm I'm just Ducky. Just Ducky. You got ducks and dolphins.
2: I, his life's like a hurricane here in Bonerberg.
3: <laughs> so Boner, it's been a long time since we've had you on. You know that, right? It's been a long time.
2: Last of Us podcast.
3: Last of Us, yeah, that was uh,
2: that 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 steaming honker of a dump of thoughts and words.
3: <laughs> All of that shit, yeah. So if you want to hear more boner, go listen to us spoil the shit out of the Last of Us. But what the hell have you been up to since then? We haven't heard from you.
2: I've been traveling the world, and by the world, I mean like the lower southeast of Georgia. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs>
0: That's really close to where I am. I'm in Florida. You re- you recently yeah
2: yeah you had a
3: a friend over I hear.
2: Uh, well, they had me over more accurately, but yeah, sort of. <laughs> I traveled to Savannah, Georgia, and in which time I met up with a good friend of socks make people sexy, um, the socks cast and community, uh, Poncho Smith,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who
2: was also vacationing in um, suitable climes of Georgia. Or Um, so, um, Savannah, Georgia is a town that I haven't been to since childhood, um, with the exception of when I was in college, um, in uh, an area like slightly closer to Savannah where I am now, we would travel there in order to see movies, because movie theater where I went to college sucked until they expanded it and got better movie theater. And everybody was always like, oh, Savannah's dangerous. Savannah, don't go downtown. You'll get mugged. You'll get assaulted at all times by unsavory characters. And um, and uh, actually, um, going to Savannah much later in life, I come to realize that it is a lot like Tumblr. <laughs> Uh-oh. And allow me to elaborate. So first of all... um. There are a lot of dogs That's in downtown Savannah. Pretty common on Tumblr. I, I saw um, a Shiba Inu at least once. Mm. There were probably more. Uh, a Bernese Mountain Dog. You know, get a load of that dog. Mm. I, might have been a Samoyed or two. <laughs> I I even, I did see a, a guy walking a pig. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean,
1: it's the South.
0: To that speaks to my understanding of Savannah, which was wholly informed by um, that movie Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Oh,
2: yeah. I didn't go see the statue of the little girl, but we did see the fragrant gardens, which um, I assume are not about uh, sniffing farts. It's it's more like floral, um, you know, fragrances wafting that's, the atmosphere. That's the least attractive place I've ever heard of. <laughs> and also, uh, Savannah... Um, I did see um, some old video games. Uh, there's a, there's a store downtown called uh, Planet Fun that um, it's a. <laughs> I like the name. It says it all. Yeah, uh, it's a um, it's a vintage toy and video game store. The video games um, they had a lot more PlayStation Two games than anything, but the cartridge games seemed like a hey rental stores are a failing model. They're selling off their stock. All the games people actually want have probably got snapped up in flea markets. Here's the acclaimed Judge Dread game on the Sega Genesis. Um, here's, game <laughs> Te- here's, here's, all, here's Game Tech's
3: entire library of bad game show games.
2: Yeah, like Madden 96, 7, and however long they kept making Genesis Madden games. Um, I did see a Super Nintendo game called D-Force. Um, yeah. I can't ver- ah. i can't verify if there's a D meter in that game. It might be.
1: Ha.
4: But I mean, was it a shmup? I've probably played it then.
2: Yeah, it was a shmup. Oh, okay. I-, I assume it was a shmup. There's a helicopter on the label. Yeah, I think I have played that actually. Let me go look at that. Socks make people sexy. Site. I'm already looking at it. <laughs> looking it up. <laughs> John John is the Johnny on the spot with the the, <laughs> the internet research live And on he will
0: street. read every word Rhett wrote about you. Oh, no. oh my god, this game is shitty. A special kind of shitty that only comes around <laughs> once in a while though. I played a few games that are so shitty I couldn't even get past the first stage. They were Wait, this,
2: this sounds suspiciously like Polly's review of a uh, Kitty Grade. Or was that the Pig AIDS one?
0: That was the Pig
2: AIDS. <laughs> Which right? one was the shitty one? This is like, that was Kitty Grade of 3. Oh okay (laughs) so
4: i
3: guess i didn't like d force yeah
0: it was dimension (laughs) force in japan
3: you don't want the d no (laughs) keep the d to yourself this time
2: and um so another another way in which savannah was like tumblr is um uh we were staying with uh Poncho and well Poncho and Dan who you may have heard on the stream. Mm-hmm. And um their cousin and her husband and those two are volunteers for the Bernie Sanders campaign so there was a Bernie Sanders uh campaign table in the middle of uh the park there where many dogs are found. Mm-hmm. Um, su- such dog so frolicking much park. Wow. <laughs> And, um, like Tumblr, it was also pretty gay, because when we were walking around, um, <laughs> uh, by the river, uh, we walked past a gay bar, and I saw a, a discarded dick straw.
3: Well, there you go.
2: Yeah. And if you don't know what a dick straw is, it's pretty much exactly like it sounds. It's a straw with a dick and balls at the tip of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh. Okay. That's, that's nicer than I thought. John
3: And. Na- John is now trying to find himself some, some online. Yes. Um.
2: I'm sure. I'm sure you can order those from Alibaba in bulk. Yep. So uh, uh, another strange thing happened. We were um, in the evening. We were sitting at um, at a noodle shop on the sidewalk eating, and um, there was a SUV driving around with a sign on it, which was illuminated um, and it was playing some music, and it said. Um, Sarah Palin for President 2016, it had a bunch of facts about her that are hard to read because the the fucking car is driving down the street. (laughs) And, um, I couldn't tell what the song was, but one at least one member of our party said it it sounded to them like Barbie Girl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so fitting.
2: So, I don't know how political everybody listening is, but, um... Begging the question, is Sarah Palin running for president? No, she's not. She endorsed Donald Trump. So, um, Poncho raised a good point. Um, it was probably a, a student from Savannah College of Art and Design's performance art project.
3: Oh, yeah. One of but, those.
2: But tying back to the whole Tumblr thing, I think it was like a literal, real-life version of a shit post. Yeah. So, that, that kind of capped off the whole experience. That's... Wow, yeah! So like, I've traveled like... into the Tumblr dimension, and <laughs> I I'm here for the aesthetic. Uh,
3: so what? W- what we really want to know, though, how many times did you fuck?
2: How many times did I fuck? What? How many?
3: How many times did you and Poncho fuck? How many times did you just I... get it on dirty and sloppy, <laughs> just all over the place?
2: I I, I probably screamed fuck. A lot for unrelated reasons
3: during the said act what <laughs> did you did, did, did you did you kiss him goodbye with
2: that mouth good lord
0: my brother and his friend bike rode from here to savannah and then quit and then one of them quit halfway through because uh, so bi-
2: bicycle road or motorbike road
0: <laughs> no bicycle regular bicycle how? but but the real from question
3: the real question is how is, did they fuck
0: they fuck maybe but yeah they were like they're like trying to do some extreme marathon bicycle racing over bicycling over like a week long trip it was pretty nuts they made it though most of them
2: I would probably say they have swollen nuts biking that much I don't (laughs) don't care what kind of like brand riding pants under armor you're wearing
0: I think most of them got jobs doing bicycle delivery food around town and they just really Mm -hmm. fucking love bicycling that's what you call it, right? Bicycling?
3: Yeah, I think so. Cool. So yes. you're saying their D-meter went up as they rode around? <laughs>
4: <laughs> if, it, if it hits 100%, they're just done.
0: <laughs> oh, crap. I forgot Caught up reading Red's old shmup reviews again.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: So don't do that Focus, now. John. <laughs>
0: i'm focused it's pretty common
3: for john to lose focus on the on the podcast i can't i can't imagine oh okay so anything else in savannah catch your interest
2: well i do just want to say that um on the trip over there i was listening to the podcast or the socks cast and um at the same time, I was uh, using Google Maps navigation, and this is a phone I've only had, like, since the holidays. Um, I had to ditch my old LG Lucid, which served me well, but was getting a little long in the tooth. And um, in the middle of driving down i16 and listening to Rat on about God knows what, um, my phone just shut off in the middle of it. <laughs> and it turns out that, like, running those two apps at once caused it to overheat. <laughs> And I was panicking because it's like, first of all, I'm I'm on my way to meet um, the Poncho Party at a uh, Caribbean uh, curry restaurant, <laughs> and um, I have no other no other means of finding directions other than asking random fuckos. And I'm just like wondering, it's like, did my phone melt down or did it shut off as like a safety feature because it detected that it's overheating? Um, I really think it was just tired of listening to Rhett talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like we all are, really. Oh, But um, we <laughs> did go to uh, so we went to a karaoke bar, and um, as that bar decided to get um, a little more crowded, we made our way to a a little bar. I just want to mention really briefly, um, called the Chromatic Dragon. Um, that's a cool name for a bar. That's a very cool name. I I couldn't remember the name of it for the longest time i kept calling it bad dragon in, mi- in my mind the you know fine purveyor of you know dragon shaped dildos and right and buckets of lube mm. um but it's it's actually a gaming theme bar that features um you it, it, there's flat panels around there you can you can rent out a space um you know with a console and play, you know, whatever, your your Halos or your Smashes. I don't think they have the Two hoos, so uh, they're, they're,
3: they're no Two Hooters. No Two Hooters.
2: But they do have a menu of um, gaming-themed uh, cocktails, desserts, and entrees. These always sound so lame and cheesy. Some of them are really just like, okay, you had the name, and then you're like, oh, I'm just going to think of a generic thing. Uh, Mario <laughs> Burger. <laughs> uh... It's got a mustache on it. <laughs> Actually, I don't think there's a Mario, but, but I do have the menu pulled up. I'm 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 being John right now. Um, so I'm just gonna read off a couple of things that are a little bit more interesting. There, they have a uh, Fries Against Humanity. Okay. <laughs> um, Lord of the Wings, which that's kind of an obvious. Yeah, one. that's I give me there. We did order the nachos of Mount Doom. Those probably would give you butt problems if you have uh, an aversion to cheese. Mm. Um let's see, there's a call of chili. I
0: ate a lot of cheese today. <laughs> Feel real good
2: about it. <laughs> I bet you smell real good too. Um mm. there's a there's a call of chili thulu. That one's kind of a stretch. Um, yeah. Let's see, the Castlevania, classic corned beef sandwich with sauerkraut, one thousand island dressing, and Swiss cheese. Belmont approved. I you know what? It could have been just like um they could have said on the menu, like, it's a turkey we got out of the wall, or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, whipped to perfection, you know? Yeah. I, I could come up with a better thing, like, just riffing right now. But the, but there's the black mesa, blackened chicken, pico de gallo, spring mix, and a tangy cheddar and a spinach wrap with a dash of chipotle mayo. You've waited half your life for this! Oh, my god. <laughs>
1: Wait.
2: <Ugh>. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Um... Oh Okay, there was another one I was, uh... Okay, here we go. The Night Artorias. 12-ounce oh. ribeye, uh, grilled to taste, served with mashed potatoes and steamed vegetables. Steak is good for even the darkest of souls.
3: <laughs> Still, I want that,
2: because it sounds really good. <laughs> um... But um, I will say that uh, as far as their cocktails go, I did sample the the Master Chief, Mm -hmm. which is uh, engineered for perfection. This concoction of Savannah Bourbon 88, spiced with cinnamon and vanilla liqueur, vanilla bean, simple syrup, and black walnut and bourbon sugar stands as humanity's last line of defense. Damn, that does sound good. It was all right. Um, I didn't try the zero suit Samus because it says shed your armor with this sweet mix of hypnotic coconut rum, citrus juices, coconut water, and lemon sugar. So, um, <laughs> so not only does it imply that like you know you get drunk and then it makes you want to yeah. take your clothes off, but also it has hypnotic in it, which sounded disgusting. Yeah, but I did also sample Wait, hypnotic eat- as a booze. It's it's one of those weird like um, cocktails. I mean, it's it's one of those you, you buy it in a bottle, but it's like a mix of crap. It's it's this blue shit. Um, oh, gotcha. It's really sugary.
0: Gotcha. Um, and and I bought bitters for the first time because we found out that her favorite drink is just an old fashioned with no fucking fruit in it.
2: <laughs> but I also did sample the Heisenberg, which is. Uh, gin, elderflower liqueur, simple syrup, fresh lemon juice, rock candy, and a whole lot of chemistry. It's easier than meth, but you'll feel it all the same. <laughs> is it blue? It is blue. So okay. it does come It does come with a, the rock candy on a swick, like swizzle stick, and it's blue rock candy. It also is served on the side with a shot of some white liqueur, um, which... Mm. Kind of looks like semen, I gotta say. Oh. No. But if, if if you pour a small amount of it into the Heisenberg, the color does turn to red. Um, the more you pour in it, the more like nasty ochre purple it
1: turns. Oh,
2: weird. <laughs> yeah. And um so to cap off that whole experience, um I threw up. Oh, good. <laughs> On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Actually, actually, it was on a Sunday. Good guy. So, um... <laughs> Man, barfing on a Sunday is the worst. <laughs>
3: yeah. Does it really matter what day it is? <laughs> I just think that <laughs> Sundays go are with... the worst. Oh, right. Sundays at... are the worst days. Really? I just think... I've always just hated, like, like oh, God, if, if I'm sick or hungover on a Sunday, I absolutely hate it. Oh. It, it feels like 12 times more misery. It's like the Lord knows and is punishing me.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, I gotcha.
2: So, I I probably should have endeavored to drink more water than I did yeah. um, on that night, but also, um... Uh, Poncho's cousin and her husband have a cat who, uh, who is named Nico, um, who they assure me is named after Nico Bellic from Grand Theft Auto 4. Mm-hmm. And um, not Nico Yazawa. Mm. But... I have no idea who that is. Of course you don't, right? I bet you
3: don't. <laughs> and you wouldn't mind us saying this, just some dumb, trash Moe Blob character from a dumb, trash Moe Blob show.
2: <laughs> he was drawn shittily. Um, Absolutely, so, yeah, she's so, really shitty. So, coming back to the Tumblr thing, exactly. <clears throat> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the fucking cat kept waking me up in the middle of the night, just <laughs> running around and being an insane cat, um, like they're prone to do. Yeah. Um, So usually in these times when I'm going to visit people and I end up sleeping on a couch and I end up waking up before everyone else wakes up and there's kind of no point to being awake at that point. I'm lying there, um, slight headache. I get up, drink some water, lie back down, get back up, play on my phone for a minute, drink some more water, lie back down. Finally, folks start stirring commotions happening. So I get up, start moving around and I I realize, oh, I'm feeling a little barfy. Oh, no. Imagine that. <laughs> so, we're making plans to go out and eat breakfast, and I'm thinking, well, I'm on an empty stomach. I want to take something for this headache. I need to get some food in me, even though I don't really feel like eating. I'm going to take one ibuprofen. Uh-huh. Evidently, what happens when ibuprofen hits your stomach is that shit turns to foam.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Already feeling nauseous, and that uh- <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <gas> disruption... <laughs> Right, so I'm just like I'm just kind of sign languaging trying to hold in my impending bar. If it's like, "Hey, can I go use the toilet? Okay, cool, thanks, all right, I'll try not to miss <laughs> uh, but no, it was a good adventure. Savannah was you know a, a a good city to visit i I feel like the the thing about the crime, even for people who used to live there is kind of exaggerated i mean that's you know that's urban gentrification for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to like get out and walk around, um, I, there's a lot of boutique shops down there. You can have a store dedicated only to bath bombs and somehow that's a viable economic enterprise. Wow.
3: <laughs> that's kind of incredible. Like I, I cannot imagine that happening too many places.
2: Yeah. So it was, it was fun. Um, you know, everybody was really nice. It was good to meet, um, Poncho and Dan and and nobody stuck anything up their butt, except you stuck Poncho up your butt.
0: What?
1: That's what you told me. What? That's what oh. you told
0: me. That's what you told me. Oh, sure. I thought you said it was a fun weekend, fun time. Jeez. Exactly.
2: What? It's it's not fun unless somebody sticks something up their butt. That's
3: right. Words to live by. That's right. That's what uh, that's what Rhett taught me. <laughs> <coughs> so what else you've been into boner? <laughs> <laughs> so what well, else you been into boner
2: i don't know how you guys would um receive this because i don't know if this is kind of the usual standard fare for discussion on the socks cast but if you'll just humor me for a minute mm-hmm. i've been playing some video games
3: <sighs> i mean i guess we can allow i mean you okay. are a gas I, I have a question though
4: video games or video space games video space
3: games fuck okay oh, uh... get out of here get out of here wait what it's video no it's space. video it's one word right it's one word right it's not two. what
1: it's, not it's two one two. word it's
2: one word
0: it's one word it's one fucking word
2: Look, uh-oh. Are, are we going to have NWO White and NWO Red <laughs> based on the, uh... Pokemon video game, Pokemon video. video game. <laughs> oh, <fuck.
4: laughs> John
3: breaks up at the weirdest times. I know, I know. So, tell us all about these video games, all one word, that you've been playing.
2: Right, well, I've been playing some video
3: games. <laughs> I'm going to edit out that pause.
2: I've been... <laughs> I've been playing some electronic entertainment audio-visuals since the holidays. Um, One of which I bought about a year ago and kind of played and wasn't really feeling and then decided to go back to, um, just because, you know, holidays, what the fuck else you're going to do. Shantae's Risky Revenge on Steam.
3: She dances pretty.
2: Hey, yeah, that's... You
3: know, it's her claim to fame. Yeah, it's about all that's good, though.
1: That's
4: the second game, right? Yeah. Yes. I did. I beat that one. Specifically, Wait, one?
2: Risky's Revenge Director's Cut. Oh. I don't know how it's different from the theatrical
4: cut, <laughs> I guess. I think it's just they changed those cutscene graphics to be super, super HD and shit. Uh, yeah. They look way out of place now. <laughs>
2: So, the the thing about that game is, like, it really does feel like it's kind of... It doesn't feel like it's fully baked. Like, I guess it was, what, a DSiWare game or... Yeah. Yeah, game. yeah something like that. Mm-hmm. So, it kind of starts off and you go to the forest area. It's got the whole jumping into the foreground and background mechanic. I think y'all talked about it on an early podcast. Mm-hmm. How it's a mechanic that kind of doesn't come into play hardly... Any yeah, later in the game, it like never gets used again after that. That was so weird. <laughs> right, it's like two points in the town and that whole forest level, which at at first I didn't even realize that there's like there's areas you have to get to by leveraging that mechanic. And then after that, I made it to the desert, and in the desert scene, there's kind of a lot of wandering around in those underground uh, passages that lead you to other areas, mm-hmm. and. It's just it's just really tedious and I just kind of just like meh. Uh. So I
3: it's just like those games kind of really lack any kind of hook really other than like they've got a great graphical style but then you start playing them and it's just kind of yeah I mean it's it's alright platformer I guess.
0: I remember yeah. playing like the first 15 minutes of this one on my phone. I think, and there's like, oh, there's boss fights and some plot and stuff, and then you leave the town and go into the forest, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is one of those games, and I'm going to just wander around and find power-ups that let me go here and and do this, and and then I stop playing.
2: Compared to the rest of the series, though, there's not that many boss fights in Risky's Revenge. It's just a lot of backtracking. It's not a big game. Like, if you look at the world map, it is not that big, but... It's just the amount of backtracking you have to do. If, if you're not familiar with the Shantae games, um, transforming animal powers really come into play. So you get you get like monkey form, which lets you climb walls. You get elephant form, which lets you smash obstacles. So it's one of those um, Metroid Symphony of the Night things where you get the... <laughs> I, I know there's certain dirty words you can't say on the Soxcast. Exactly. Uh, you get these powers, and then you have to remember, oh, yeah, this was that area maybe that I couldn't pass that I have to go back to. So, Woo! Which, I'm not totally against that in games, but if you make it flow well, I'll look over the fact that I'm running back over the same areas. Um, let me leverage criticism against another way forward game, Aliens Infestation. It's pretty much just, I made it to this area. I unlocked a airlock... Back in a previous area, let me yeah, go back
3: over it. That whole fucking game. Uh, I wanted that game to be so good.
2: I want to stick that game up my butt and then poop it out because it's like this game is poop, and that's the fate it deserves.
0: <laughs> so, there is the Game Boy Color one, the best Shantae game.
2: we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that, John. Okay. Just just hold on to your jammies. All right, okay. <laughs>
0: jammies <laughs> are held firmly.
2: Secure that shit, Hudson.
0: Taped into place. So,
2: <laughs> so I play through Risky's Revenge. I get to the I get to the last boss. Oh, I get yeah. to the last boss, and I I have no idea how to do damage to it. This is a point in the game where, uh, by the way, you collect a lot of money in this game, and you have to buy items in the store. It money is not in short supply in this game, and you you have to buy the items. To, yeah. To. Uh, <laughs> To make progress. So, I get to the end. I'm not sure how to damage the boss. I'm just like, this makes no fucking sense. You know, For in in the modern days where they tutorialize the shit out of games, they're not telling me what to do. I I cave. I look up an FAQ. Okay, when it opens its mouth, I'm supposed to hit the barrels. I thought I was trying to do that, but evidently I wasn't doing it with, like, the correct lops sub timing. So, I do that. I beat the... F- <laughs> I beat the penultimate boss. Okay. Oh, and then I have to fight the final boss. Oh no. The final boss um not to spoil it too much, but it's kind of like fighting Dark Link in Zelda 2. Oh god. Except it has uh, all except it has all your powers and you are sapped of your powers. Oh, that's real fun. <laughs> so, unless you buy a bunch of super pike balls and the um the shit that makes you uh, attack faster, the hair cream or the whatever, hair gel or whatever. Which, which by the way, I didn't realize like for the longest time playing through the game that um there are certain items that you buy like you have to get the royal jelly or whatever, which is found like in set areas, you know, hidden in dungeons or whatever. Um, in addition to regular money, which is just gems. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that. Instead of like costing a ridiculous amount of royal jelly, it's it's kind of I and this reading comprehension, but you see the icon. It's like the royal jelly, and then there's like a number beside it. Well, it's like a certain number of gems plus like two royal jelly, not like two hundred royal jelly. It's like two royal jelly and two hundred gems or some shit like that. Right. So, so I wasn't even attempting to buy these items that you know like the hair cream. Wow. (laughs) At the time. So, I'm basically like, so you're fucking kidding me. I have to go basically just buy all the uber shit to be able to tank through this boss. After having to do a bunch of backtracking, and um, there's some undersea levels where you're... um, So, one of the transformations is mermaid form, Mm -hmm. and there's some undersea levels where you have to find um, one of the magical MacGuffins in the game that lets you get to the last the last part of the game. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. It's it's so fortunate that they let you save in that uh last dungeon before the boss or or they let you warp to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Rather. <clears throat> because uh there is a very long and not that interesting schmup section uh yeah. leading up to it. And um basically you're in mermaid form and you're you're going through this whole section uh fighting tinker bats which are like the main mook of the shantae series um if you've never seen them they're little like shadow pirate dudes they look like when you have a shadow man audience member like in an anime that's not really well animated you actually get an achievement from that called Tinker Side by killing all the tinker bats it's like how can you go through this and not kill all the Tinkerbats because you're so bored, there's nothing yeah. else to do, and it's not like it's that challenging. Yeah, I'm going to shoot all these fucking things. God. Game just always
3: was like, no, no, no. I didn't, I don't <laughs> like the first game. I think that first game's a load of hogwash, and a lot of people like it. And I looked at this game, I was like, nope, that game's It's from the same mold of hogwash.
2: So, I beat Risky's (laughs) Revenge, and I play the first game. Oh, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that?
0: (laughs) Sounds like my Igovania binge.
2: (laughs) So, I play the first game, and I'm thinking, I I play through the intro area, and then go through the first field on the way to the first dungeon, and I'm thinking, wow, this game is really slow and boring. (laughs) Yep. And by this time, the holiday season is over, and, you know, I don't, I, I kind of forget about it, getting busy with work and shit, and and then I was like, well, you know what, I think I'll pick this back up and give it a second try. So I start over complete from the beginning, go through the first area, go through the first field leading up to the first dungeon, still really long and boring. Mm-hmm. I get to a part in the first dungeon that I cannot pass. It's like a bunch of gaps in the floor. Yeah. I'm sure you can probably see where this is going. I know where it's going. Okay, I can't get past this part. I guess I'll go out, go back to the first town, and go left to the desert, where I also didn't go before, fighting the Nagas, which take way too many hits, and they shoot those sound waves that just follow you across the screen. It's impossible to dodge. Um, To give anybody a frame of reference that hasn't played the first Shantae, it's a game on the Game Boy Color, which does not have a lot of resolution to work with. The sprites are very well animated and very impressive for their console, but they're rather large in, you know, relativity to the amount of screen size you have. Yep. <laughs> so good luck dodging jack shit. Yep. So I go to the desert. I get to a cliff that I also cannot pass can't do anything it's like great i can't go anywhere to the left i can't go anywhere the dungeon we walk through i i don't know what to do i go back to the dungeon and at some point it hits me if you hit the attack button and hold it down that makes you run (laughs) if you run not only can you cross those (laughs) gaps i'm I'm sure anybody who's played Super Metroid and didn't realize there was a fucking run button and then you get to that first part with the collapsing platform <laughs> knows exactly how much of an idiot I felt like upon that realization. And I'm somebody who grew up with Mario. I know that you hold B to run. <laughs> Did you make a post
4: on the Miiverse?
2: Why I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not on the, I'm not on the Miiverse.
1: Why
3: so Shantae can't run?
2: But the thing about this is, like, the walking, like, not holding that, the normal speed, and it's, like, really slow. In Risky's Revenge, the running is the normal speed. There might be a menu or something that toggles it, and, like, if you hold the attack button, that makes you walk. Why would you you would want to do that? I don't know. But I was used to playing it in the more rapid yeah. movement version. So after that, I'm like, okay, finally I can play this fucking game now. It made me feel like an idiot, but... <laughs> That's on me, right? You press up.
1: You press you, you press, you press up.
2: You press up. What the fuck kind of
3: stupid shit is this? You silly bitch.
4: Oh, that video's gone. I know. No, it is, oh. I, I think I saved it though. But <laughs> all well, his LPs are gone.
2: Yeah. Anyway. So, so. <laughs> So I realize all that, and then I keep playing the game, and I think to myself, wow, I, I know how to play the game now, but that doesn't really make it get any better. No. <laughs> because it doesn't fix the problems with the backtracking and the... Okay, so in Risky's Revenge, uh, you have warp points throughout the map. Um, you activate them by just finding them, and then you tell the warp squid to wake up, and they're like, all right, warp squid activate." In the first Shantae. <laughs> in the first Shantae, you have to collect baby warp squids in the dungeons. Yeah. And every time you have to collect one, she says a baby warp squid. I bet it misses It Is Mommy. Yeah. It has IT apostrophe S for I Bet It Misses It's Mommy. And it yeah. drives me insane yep. every time I yeah. see it. Yep. So you have to collect four of those to activate a warp point in every town. Sometimes they're pretty out in the open. Sometimes they're not. Um, did I mention this game has a day and night cycle? Yeah, that's another big problem. <laughs> so somebody who developed this game at WayForward must have really loved Castlevania too. So, they gave Shantae a day and night cycle, which, according to Game Facts, is on a two and a half minute timer. I don't know. I've never fucking checked it. Apparently, it pauses when you're in towns. Yeah. Um, it makes the enemies harder to kill. Yep. But it does not drop extra money or anything. no.
1: no.
2: The only advantage, uh, the only thing that's different, I think, is like it lets you collect uh, a collectible item, which. Number 1, you got to wait for the day and night cycle to be able to find it. So unless you're looking at FAQ, you're going to be running around like an idiot. Yeah, like trying to find these things. Like looking on every screen, waiting on the
1: day
3: and night cycle to pass and
2: just right, going like going up going up in every nook and cranny yeah. out of the way fucking place, using your animal transformations to get to areas where it's like, "Oh, I passed this before, now I can maybe get to this." And uh it's also not necessary to complete the game. I don't to this day I don't know what it does. Um <laughs> I say that because, like, I think I completed this game on Tuesday. But...
4: <laughs> to this day,
2: fuck. So, um... uh, where was I? Just the the other main problem with this game is that it takes it takes money to be able to. You've got to buy like certain moves you can do. Yeah, only two of them are really that advantageous, but money just does not drop in vast quantities in this game Mm-mm. it's also kind of antiquated in that it uses like a set number of lives it's not like risky's revenge where um you just have one continue and like your your set number of hearts mm-hmm. if you die you just go back to the save point point. and this one you you if you continue you have three lives for i guess if you count the zero um, you can collect extra lives in dungeons but the areas you're in are really long. pit deaths are a thing in this game, whereas yep. in the later shantae games you just it just takes off some life if you hit a pit death um don't you lose your money if you continue as well I don't know i I thought for a minute that might be the case, but i think you I think you retain your money mm-hmm. um but you do have to buy there so there's certain items you have to buy like float muffins to be able to cross some pits in the game that you have to actually cross. Yeah. Um I think there's one thing where you gotta buy one of the lightning clouds to open a door. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and and another thing about it, it's just um again the sprites are so big. You you want to get through these areas as fast as you can but you can't move that fast without hitting something yeah. or falling into a pit. Like, you want to be in monkey form because monkey form moves faster and it can climb walls and you don't want to have to keep changing back and forth from Monkey and Shantae because in this one you have to learn um, all your dances and you have to actually input it like a little mini rhythm game. and sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's, it's really kind of annoying, whereas in Risky's Revenge they kind of streamlined it where you just hold down the button and she goes through a cycle. And then you stop on the dance move that makes it transform into that animal for that cycle. Yeah, much better. The thing about monkey form is, for some reason, the jump momentum—you can't like stall in midair. You can you can change direction in midair and stall and just like fall straight down as regular Shantae. But in monkey form, you can change direction in midair, but somehow that momentum carries over and you cannot stall. Yeah. Um. Also, just the fact that regular Shantae can attack enemies much more efficiently. Like, with the monkey, you can you can get the claw attack or whatever, but it's not going to help you that much. No. Not very good. <laughs> so, so, after... Oh, Lord. So, a recurring theme with these games appears to be I get to the end, and then I can't beat the boss because I didn't get some <laughs> item. So... So I get to the end, and the last boss is Risky Boots, and <laughs> she's a character who leaps around the screen like a robot master. Mm. You can only damage her when she's laughing at you, but if you get close to her while she's laughing at you, she jumps away immediately. So I'm like, alright, I've, I've railed against her for this long, I have no idea what I'm doing. How do I beat this character? Go to GameFAQs. You have to be in spider form, and you have to use the spider venom. Guess who didn't get the fucking spider venom? Whoops. <laughs> oh my god.
1: <sighs>
3: good job. I had to t- take a drink for that one. So, um. Doing a good job exploring. Doing a great job.
2: But the exploring is so fucking boring. It That's is.
1: No it's terrible.
3: It's terrible. It's an awful game. I don't know why people fucking love
2: this game so much. Well, I, I have a thought about that, but I'll get to it. Okay. So, to- um. Oops like I said I'll I'll get to it. So um so I look up where the spider venom is and it's just in some it's not even in a dungeon. It's it's not even in a point where you would have found normally. I think you have to be in harpy form and just fly up to some random fucking cliff or whatever and find it. So I get the spider venom. I go back, fight the most boring boss fight ever cuz basically you just pound her with spider venom and she can't do shit against you. Mm. And so we get to the ending cutscene. So, um, if you're not familiar with Shantae's story, Shantae is a half-genie. All the genies in the world um, have disappeared and they've gone to the genie realm. When you finally beat Risky, um, you're transported to the genie realm where you've throughout the game you've been freeing genies. They all have the exact same sprite, and when you free them, they stay in the dungeon where you freed them. I don't know why they hang out there. But... You go to the genie realm and the four genies you freed who taught your animal power dances appear and they say, hey, you've done a great job fighting evil. Join us in the genie realm. You'll be happy forever. And Shantae's like, but I want to be a genie more than anything. But what about my friends? I'll never see them again. And this whole time, there's a background image of Shantae and there's a black text box at the bottom of the screen. And then when this black text box at the bottom of the screen goes away, you realize that she's completely topless and, like, her boobs are massive and (laughs) it's just like the screen is cut off just, like, barely where you would start to see her areole. I didn't realize at first because there was a black text box over it. And, like... Too hot for Game Boy Color. And throughout the game, it's like, okay, when you're in harpy form... In her flying animation, she's kind of turned to the side, and her boobs are hanging down. And then, like, most of the little subtleties in her regular sprite animations, it's just, like, boob movement. Yeah. And when you you crouch, there's, like, a little (laughs) sound effect. And I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, her boobs flopping. It's... (laughs) I don't... Like... I don't consider this a kid's game, but I don't really think it's mature. Like, it's got cartoony, colorful characters. I would say, like, it's maybe an eleven and up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that picture exactly. Oh, posted in the chat. There we go. I shared it for everybody. There you go.
4: It's just that's I don't... anime. She's doing her magical girl
3: transformation. Yeah, yeah,
2: pretty much. There's ribbons and music and shit.
3: And as soon as you mentioned it, like Rhett would be the one off looking for it.
2: I had to know. <laughs> um so yeah, uh, to confirm one of your theories, uh, so like one of the reasons this game is popular is probably because of boobs. Right. Um I turned on an uh GDQ speedrun just to like, you know, have something to fall asleep to of Shantae, and they're talking about oh this game's so great, it's so rare, and not that many people know about it. Which it's just, it's like one of those underrated, overrated cult Guess plot. why
3: it's so great. Oh, yeah. Guess right. why it's so great. <laughs>
2: But yeah, the rarity thing, I think, um, apparently it didn't have a large production run. Um, if you read about its, uh, you know, its development, I think it was originally supposed to be a PlayStation game or something like that. I should probably have looked that up before we started doing the podcast, but Shantae made me so mad that I had to stop playing it for a while. And, um... When I saw that uh, Pirate's Curse went on sale, um, I went ahead and bought it because I was like, you know what? Fine. Everybody <laughs> says that's the good one.
3: I mean, it looked like the good one to me. I mean, it looked it fast. Looked way and...
2: better, yeah. Yeah.
4: Even though that trailer, they play at double speed, so it looks way faster than it yeah, actually is.
2: Yeah, that is kind of misleading. Oh. But I started playing Pirate's Curse, and guess what? What? It's, it's the good one. Oh, wow! Well, they finally nailed it. Ah! But, not without them trying to fuck it up and make make, <laughs> make it piss me off. Oh, no. Okay, so the, the basic hook of Pirate's Curse, not to be on the Shantae shtick for too long. That's is only that been the... an hour. Damn. So, at the end of Risky's Revenge, Risky <laughs> uses dark magic to separate Shantae's human and genie half. That's the shadow link you fight is Shantae's yeah. genie half. So, at the end of it, Shantae's fully human. So, um, in Risky's Revenge, the pirate king or overlord or whatever has risen from his grave that the genies sealed him away from, and, uh, somebody has kidnapped all of Risky's Tinkerbats. So Risky and Shante team up, uh, to go on a quest to seal away the pirate king. So while you're going through the dungeons, instead of getting animal transformation powers, you get risky's relics like you get risky's gun which lets you shoot um obstacles like switches and stuff that you know make platforms move through the areas you get risky's hat which lets you do like you know float over pits and stuff you get the sword which lets you do uh Zelda 2 down thrust movement do you, do you get risky's boots i spoilers <laughs> uh, yeah you do get risky's boots they make you do a charge
1: <laughs>
2: um so the way this one works is like it dispenses with, with the map thing for the most part. It kind of replaces it with a hub world where it's just like you're in Risky's boat and you go to whichever island that you happen to find a map to. That's the thing that gates off the islands in the game. Right. And you um you go to this one island. It's uh I can't remember what it's called, but it's some desert island. And You get the MacGuffin that lets you enter the palace by going to the previous islands and digging up some buried treasure. It's one of those bullshit like, um, oh, hey, you know, our ancestors back on Saliva Island never had it this hard. So it's like, okay, I got to get the x-ray specs and go look at the sarcophagus to get the fucking this piece of the puzzle. Let me in the door. So you open the palace, and this guy says, Oh, princess, you've arrived. And Chante's like, What? I'm not your princess. And they're like, Sure, you're a princess. And, you know, you got to get ready for the royal procession or whatever. Um, so they take you, and they throw you in a room. And they dress her in the grossest outfit oh. I have ever seen in one of these games. And this is a game where most people aren't, like, overly a. burdened with modesty or sufficient (laughs) amounts of clothes.
0: The very first Steam review for this game says to all those saying this game is too hard it's a lot easier with both hands on the controller.
2: Uh, Oh my god. Wait, did Patrick Kleppert write that? (laughs) Go on. So, it's weird, because you're dressed up like what basically amounts to Slave Girl Leia. Shantae even says in the flavor text, Oh, so I'm dressed like a space princess now. God. And so...
1: Oh, dude. I'm sorry,
2: I had to look again. Oh, no. Oh, that's gross. So, the game sprite actually has that sash thing in the front, not just like a heart crotch plate mm-hmm. thing which like looks slightly more modest. I think I don't think they were on the same page like with the sprite artist and the portraits or whatever because like you can see Shante has that cobra crown on her head but the sprite doesn't and yeah. it's like the only one whose sprite actually has that crown thing is risky yeah. as far as I can tell. So yeah, all the all the main girls in the game basically are wearing this fan service-y thing that's like so just like grotesquely overly sexualized that it's just like not... Is a side, I, it, that is
3: a side of Roddy Tops I'm sure we all <laughs> wanted to see.
2: <laughs> uh, Roddy Twat. Oh no! <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> oh no! So when, when is
3: Shantae Extreme 3 coming out? Oh my god.
2: I, I think that one's going to be censored like. in the West.
3: <laughs> MSJWs will get to it. More so, like risky boobs. Look at those things. <laughs>
2: yeah dog so if if that whole um if that whole element that they just you know just like okay, you know you were having fun with this game thus far, but here's this shit if that wasn't enough, there's a forced stealth segment oh <laughs> oh good they 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 kinda try to do the the metroid zero mission thing where uh it's it, Whereas the Metroid zero mission thing was like, you can kind of fight back and kind of make your way out of it. This is more like the beyond good and evil force dealt segment, where if something spots you, that's it. You got to start over. Yeah. And you're trying to, you're trying to sneak out of your cell. Um, you're moving through these really darkened corridors and there's these rather large enemies who, if they spot you, that's it. You got to start over at the very beginning, not just at the, uh, the room you're in, but at the very beginning of the whole sequence. um, it kind of utilizes a mechanic that's a bizarre throwback to the Game Boy Color game where, um, if you stand in the shadow, they can't see you. But there's nothing that tutorializes it in, uh, Pirate's Curse where it says, oh, hey, I got to stand in shadows and they'll just walk right past me. Because up until that point, you jump over them or you wait till their backs turn, climb up a ladder or whatever. Right. Um, because there's this one dungeon in the Game Boy Color game where there's like somebody in town that says, like, oh, monsters can't see you if you stand in the shadow. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, if you stand in the shadows, the monsters just walk right past you. But it's not necessary. No. It's not a mechanic in the game. But in here, it's like, I didn't realize that's what was going on the first two times. Like, you're supposed to stand in the shadows and wait for the guys to walk right past you. Kind of like hiding in the box or whatever in the stupid stealth segment in Hardcore Uprising. Oh,
3: uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. And this,
1: oh, that, yeah, that part this, sucks.
3: Just <laughs> shoot as soon as you get in there. I've never done that properly. I've I'm done e- it. E- I've done it once, full stealth, and that was it.
2: Well, aren't you the EP master?
3: Yeah, I am. Mm.
1: I am.
2: But this this whole thing with the um, the stand in the shadow mechanic is like four rooms in, and it took me like two or three times to realize that's what was going on because I was trying to jump over the fucking guy. I didn't know, and it's impossible to you know do that and not get spotted. So it's but yeah, it's it's what um it's what the previous Shantae games should have been. It uses Risky's Revenge's sprites almost to a T. Yeah. Um I think they do some updated sprites of enemies that appeared in the Game Boy Colored game that did not appear in Risky's Revenge. Mm. But um it's kind of weird because with all the risky powers, like Shantae's when you use those Shantae's outfit. Changes slightly, like she's got a pirate headband on, and I feel like that's almost like what you know the um a redesign of her should have been for the whole game. And it's weird that those only come out like when you pull out the hat or when you fire the gun or whatever, yeah. But I, I almost have a feeling it's like they started to draw those sprites and then they scrapped it and just so they could use the uh the Risky's Revenge sprites for everything else. But those those games have. Pretty good music, um, consistently, well, I would well, say, the whole throughout the whole series. I think Jake Vert Kaufman
3: has done the soundtrack for all of those games.
2: Yeah. Well. Um, a lot of the um tracks in Pirate's Curse are remixes from the Game Boy Color game, but hearing them with, you know, modern instrumentals or whatever, um, they're they're not just like lazy, you know, reimaginings. It's actually it's like it's it's a welcome uh, it's a reinterpretation. Yeah. And, you know, he does a splendid job on just... in all of those games, really. Yeah. Um. It's... It, I've said this before on Twitter a lot. You know, it's a game... It's like, I it pisses me off when I play these games and they're not as good as everybody says they are. Yeah. Because I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? But I can see also, too, that. like... <laughs> I can see also that it's a game that's world and characters are rich enough that It's like, they... They kind of deserve to be in a better game, and I think Pirate's Curse is does shape up to be that game that these characters have deserved mm. all along, um, Slave Girl Leia stuff notwithstanding. Right, right, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I really relate to the character of Bolo a lot <laughs> um, in that he and I both want to fuck Risky Boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: never going to happen either.
2: I'll I'll find a cosplayer there or something. Somebody who's know. got blue makeup <laughs> smeared all over their whole To play. the
4: risky boots cosplayer. To the, to to
2: the, an open letter to the risky boots.
3: <laughs> you have my wallet. It's shaped like an NES controller.
2: Oh my god.
3: <laughs> oh my god. That's a but, lot of shante.
1: <laughs> but I can't, so-
4: I'm surprised you beat the first two games. I, you know, the way you talked about them on Twitter made me think you just fucking gave up.
2: So I don't know if folks know this about me, but WayForward and I have no love lost, basically. <laughs> like
4: you had that one fling with Contra Four.
2: I like Contra Four. I, I've, in fact, I've got it like sitting here on my desk. It, it kind of just stays here. <laughs> Constant companion <laughs> next next to that
3: contra hardcore cartridge he's got.
2: Uh, I don't have one of those because I can't pay the exorbitant prices that's going for. Mm. But it, every every other game by way forward that I've tried to play, they're garbage. What, Blood rain betrayal. Ugh. Um, double dragon neon. Ugh. Alien infestation. Ugh. I have never played the mighty switch force games. Maybe those are good. I don't. Those know. are good.
3: But like I've I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think people really like the idea of Way Forward more than they actually like Way Forward.
2: Yeah, like you you see like w- like actually when you start Pirates Curse, there's um there's a logo. It's like Way Forward, you know, twenty five years or whatever, nineteen ninety to whatever. Um, it's like yeah, they do great sprite work. Their actual games, not so much. Like Shantae was, it, was it their first actual like you know published game like that game came out in 2002 on the yeah. Game Color the Game Boy Advance was already out it had been in development since like the mid 90s
3: yeah it took a while I, so I, yeah that company
2: so, so to <laughs> cap off this sorted chante tale i want to segue into another thing that mm-hmm. um after Shantae on the Game Boy Color pissed me off so much I had to take a break for it, from it. I decided to play a little game that I had also tried a little bit, didn't really get into, and then decided to pick up called Hotline Miami. Hey, I know that game. Yeah, I bet you do. I know, like, my Hotline Miami's. That's my shit. Going around with the shootings, a little, little bit of the ultra violence.
0: A
1: little bit of the ultra violence. <laughs>
2: I'd originally started playing Hotline Miami and um it's it's a very it's a very difficult game. It's it's really almost like a puzzle version of Smash TV, but like yeah. really fast paced. Um and random and unforgiving. And random. There's some I mean, uh, things follow a set patrol route for the most part, but every now and then there's some random like, Oh hey, you know, I thought I had this sussed out, but this guy decided to be over here. Yeah. Or I alerted this guy that I didn't alert the first Thirty times I attempted this stage mm-hmm. <laughs> type thing. Um For whatever reason I just didn't get into it before. I, I, I got past the part um where you fight the biker. Mm. And um that and that's not a long game. It's only like 14, what, fourteen, fifteen stages in the main game before you get to like the last like couple of epilogue. Yeah,
3: stages. I think it's something
2: like that. I think it's like sixteen normal stages and like three or four epilogues. Speaking of four stealth segments with the fucking sneaking through the hospital shit. Woo! Hated that
3: shit the first time.
2: That was actually yep. really giving me <laughs> Go ahead.
3: Um I can do that in like just one fell swoop now. Like there's just like there's a set <laughs> pattern to the way everybody looks, and I can just do it. I could probably do it without even looking at the
2: screen now. Ah, uh, so you're trying to sneak out. Get back in there, bro. Um that was really giving me some flashbacks of like the sneaking through the hospital in The Last of Us. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that was not fun. Except in those games you can be a total bastard and it's like not totally break your cover. Yeah. And in Hotline Miami, you not only have to like figure out everybody's route but also pray that the randomness is going to be on your side. Yeah. I guys who speed run those games, I just don't know how they do it because it's just every execution is flawless. So it's it pays to use melee weapons over guns because a guns alert you alert people to your position mm-hmm. and b a lot of times if you fire on somebody even if you kill them you've got somebody charging down your gullet or firing at you and it's real it's not i mean unless you're like some kind of wizard with you know over the head mouse targeting um it's really hard to take out more than one enemy with a gun unless you've got a you know convenient corner to pop around or yeah, whatever. yeah yeah so having said that <laughs> um, I waited until Hotline Miami 2 went on sale <laughs> mm-hmm. to pick that one up after I finished Hotline Miami because it was like well oh, you know this was fun kind of not a long game I did the I did the epilog stuff for the biker um pick up Hotline Miami 2 and holy shit
3: <laughs> Oh yeah yeah that's a uh... huh that game's got uh Got That's got some stuff in it, huh? It's got some cojones.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You can almost look at Hotline Miami 2 as an expanded, um, kind of like DLC or expansion pack of the first game. But Which like is mecha- what it
3: started as. It started as just DLC for the first game, but it got too big.
2: Mechanically, it's a little bit different because, well, it, you know, you're, you're mostly playing as one character in the first Hotline Miami, and you have the mechanic of the masks that give you different powers. Mm-hmm. So, in Hotline Miami 2, well, first of all, I, I guess it bears mentioning that when you start off the game, the first thing you see, it's like, hey, this game uh, contains some references to explicit sexual violence. Do you want to skip these? So, it's like, yeah, okay, that's that's cool that they give you the uh, the option to yeah. do that. So, yeah. so of course, I, I decide to leave everything in. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that you do in the game <laughs> it's, uh, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a rather They're, unfortunate. Even in context, I yeah. felt it was pretty squicky.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that that just are, when the uh, game,
0: the first trailer thing came out, and it was like, oh wait a minute. Oof.
2: Yeah. So you're a guy in a pig mask. You run around wasting everybody, and then the phone says, "Go up and get her." So you go upstairs. There's a man and a woman in their underwear. You knock out the man. You knock out the woman. And in order to complete the stage, well, it leaves it in no uncertain terms what happens. Yeah. And then, oh, it turns out they were shooting a slasher flick, partly yeah. inspired by the events of the first Hotline Miami. <laughs> yeah. So, the, when the game starts in earnest, you start off as the um, the people who are like the fans of the original Hotline Miami character. The, the fan community um, has taken to calling him Jacket. I keep erroneously referring to him as the driver based on the character from that boring-ass Ryan Gosling movie. <laughs> but, Aww, I remember liking that movie. <laughs> I fell asleep before something happened.
1: <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> but the game keeps flip-flop- flip-flopping flip back and forth between these characters and, like, the detective Parvo. Or, Pardo. Pardo. Parvo's that. Part of the disease that dogs get. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um It's really funny when you when you play as the writer because the first stage you do is him. You're trying to get into this club and uh you end up beating the shit out of the bouncer and you can keep wailing on him and like totally go into a blood rage.
3: Yeah, yeah
2: and then it's like oh shit he's he's basically like the ned flanders of the whole scenario uh, like you can't kill anybody if you pick up a gun as him he immediately throws it away yeah he'll disassemble the gun
3: (laughs) so um
2: so you run into the club trying to be like you know help somebody get an ambulance and then all these russian mafia guys are like on your ass yeah and you basically have to knock them out but like non-lethally incapacitate them. And it's funny to see their sprites. Usually in this game, when you kill somebody, their brains go all over the place. You see their intestines spill (laughs) out. There's blood everywhere. And here they're just kind of like rolling back and forth on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) With a little owie. (laughs) These hardened eruption mobsters. (laughs) They got an (laughs) owie. And it's really funny because like when you're playing with him, it's... It's pretty well possible to get through at least that stage without taking out every enemy. Yeah. I know you have to take out everybody on the first floor, but you can get to you can get to your target, the guy you're supposed to talk to, without um, triggering or even engaging everybody on the you know at yeah. the end of the stage. Yeah. And it's weird because in the first Hotline Miami, there's a lot of parts where. You, the stage won't progress until you kill somebody. I mean, generally that's the object of every stage. You gotta kill yeah. every motherfucker in the room. That's what the voices mm-hmm. on the answering machine are telling you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But like in the first or second real stage or whatever, it's like you've got to kill the homeless guy who tutorializes you on how to kill people. Yeah. It's it's just it's gotta happen. You can't avoid him. Mm-hmm. Um in the in the scene where you go downstairs to that lobby and the car crashes through the front windows and the dudes throwing Molotov cocktails at you and there's dudes coming out of the car uh, and which which um visually is one of my favorite parts in the games but oh my god that level is such it is fucking the, bullshit wor- it is the worst design part of that game because you you have to have guns because those Biggie Smalls guys who are yeah. really fast and will pound the shit out of you and basically you have to either you know, shoot them and hope they bleed out, or sh- hit them. I don't know if hitting them with a shotgun kills them instantaneously like it does in two, because I, di- I didn't realize that was the thing until two. Mm. But um, you have to kill all those guys, and then the guy hurling fire bombs at you, which really limits your movement in that stage. Yeah, and finally, you kill all the guys piling out of the car, and the firebomb guy goes, "I give up." And then you have to kill him to finish the stage, even though he's putting up no more resistance. Yeah. And it's weird that, um, so I'm going through the game, first Hotline Miami still, thinking like, is there anybody that I can spare? Like, you have to kill the biker, you have to kill, you're killing everybody. Yeah. And the only one I figured out was like, when you're infiltrating the jail to get to that one jail cell that the Russians in, you can, you beat the shit out of him, but you can leave the stage without killing him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that that has any impact on anything else no, in the game, but not at all. It's just like okay, I'll have mercy for this one guy. I always leave <laughs> and, one to tell the tale, <laughs> and then in two, where they build a whole mechanic around okay, you're a pacifist, but you're being assaulted, and in subsequent stages where you play as Evan the writer, um, the the uh, the subway one where there's the guy walking around banging the pipe and like alerting everybody to yeah, where you are, yeah. And then, but the warehouse one was the biggest pile of bullcrap with the snipers. Oh, God. Back up behind the crates. Yeah. Uh, Some of the worst, uh, again, like, I feel like um, the game mechanically doesn't try to be as ambitious with the mechanics, but it's trying to tell more of a story. Because, again, it does kind of play like an extended expansion pack. Yeah,
3: and this game is a lot more focused on the narrative.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. The game it's it's really in depth more than more than we can unpack here. More than I can probably unpack in my own brain because yeah, when, I, there's... when I finished it I was just kind of like what? what? There's a lot
3: that goes on in that game and I I still stand by it as being like a really good
2: big dumb thing that I enjoyed thoroughly. It's a really surreal game, but it's like there's a lot of narrative going on. Yeah. It's like, okay, what happened here and what didn't in this imaginary story? Yeah. In this imaginary um, late 80s to early 90s narrative that this game weaves. Um, some of the worst levels that I had trouble with, though, were... Um, the, the final level where you play is the, the animal-themed gang... Um, where you're playing as a different one, moving up through each floor. Oh yeah, yeah. Going back to the randomness thing, when you're finally on that last floor with the uh, the two swans, the one with the chainsaw and the one with the gun. Yeah. So if no <laughs> one's played the game, um, when you're playing as these characters, uh, left mouse button controls the one with the chainsaw, who has the advantage of being able to kill the biggie smalls guys melee. Yeah. But it takes a lot of time, and if there's a a guy with a gun or any other you're done. weapon, oh so, yeah, you're yeah. Unless you've got him around a corner in a dirty bathroom stall or something. Yeah. No. Nah, not gonna do I it. The,
3: I thought the swans were a really cool <laughs> idea though, having it, one character be melee and then the other character has has the gun. So it you could was. like So what I would do is I would draw people out with uh the gunfire and then just mm-hmm. stand around the corner with the chainsaw and be like, Fuck
2: y'all shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even if you didn't hit something just alerting into them, that's um Pretty useful way to play it because it is kind of hard to aim, especially like around corners because the gun guy is always going to be in a little, in t- a little offset. Yeah. Yeah, And the right, the right mouse button controls the gun. So it's like you lock onto him with the gun, you fire, then you duck back behind the corner. And then when they pop out, just cut wide swaths through them with the chainsaw. But that level is one of the ones where like the randomness is like, I can see the patrol routes these guys have but it's just an endurance round and that's probably one of the biggest like hurdles in Hotline Miami 2 is a lot of the stages are endurance rounds and in they're, a game where you can't fuck up or that's it you're done i think the maps are just way too big
3: yeah sometimes. they're too like the maps in Hotline Miami 1 were relatively small uh whereas that like there's so much more ground to cover in a lot of the like mid to late game maps of hotline Miami too, that it's just, it where it wore me down a lot quicker. Like I had to, like I would play like one stage, which would be like, you know, three little sub levels and be like, I- I've got to quit for a while. Like this is, <laughs> it's too much. Like, you know, whereas the first hotline Miami and you know, I finished in a
2: couple days. Yeah, I can see that. Cause, cause even though the first hotline Miami, it's, it's also very unforgiving. you, you don't spend as much time um per level as you would railing against Hotline Miami 2 i racked up like play times of 45 minutes on some stages on 2
3: oh yeah easily <laughs> easily
2: that it, yeah and then and then there's the jungle stages the, oh. the flashbacks to 1986 hawaii with uh with the bearded army lieutenant and his his contra guns and yeah, he's
3: the, through he's, the he's the store clerk that you were dealing with uh, yeah. in the first game yeah so you learn a lot about that guy. <laughs>
2: so those missions suck. So my thing was I didn't realize that when you run out of ammo, you have to go to an ammo box to replenish it. Yeah, they don't I, make that obvious. I was running over guys I had just killed, trying to get their guns, yep, and I'm like, "Huh, I'm out of ammo. I guess I better restart and try to conserve my ammo." <laughs> By yeah. the time I got the sniper rifle, it was pretty fine because, for the most part, you can kill everybody in those levels with the machete, except for the um the fat guys. Uh, yeah. They're like the Biggie Smalls guys, but they don't look like Biggie Smalls. Yeah, and they have guns most of the yeah. time. Yeah. So, yeah, you find out a lot of things about that game that kind of actually leave more questions as about what happened in the first Hotline Miami. Like, you know, who was really leaving the calls? Who were the janitors and shit?
1: Um, Did anything
2: really happen?
3: (laughs) I like that, though. I like that it's just all up in the air and just like, who gives a fuck nonsense? Because it's so... It's very confident in the nonsense that it is presenting.
2: So... In Hotline Hotline Miami one takes place mostly in uh nineteen eighty nine. It's it's pretty much like a set, you know, yeah. scene. Hotline Miami two flips flops back and forth like early nineties and then it rewinds and and it'll it'll like literally like stop in the middle of a cutscene and it'll do like a VCR rewind to and, like nineteen eighty six Hawaii get, where like, these
3: ejection it, like eject tapes yeah. kind of stuff and like yeah, that's... cracker holding.
2: Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty cool when you pop up the menu. It's like, um, you know, pause eject eject like exits the game. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, having seen this throughout the game, and um, I finished the last level as the the military campaign guys, and um, it fast forwards to you know a little bit after that, and you've you've got the um the bearded lieutenant. He actually looks a lot more like more like the store, store clerk now. Mm-hmm. In Hotline Miami 1. He's talking to somebody on the phone. Essentially, he's talking to your protagonist of the first Hotline yeah. Miami. And then the whole scene just kind of melts what? away. Yeah. So, my first thought at that was like, oh, okay, this is like an effect where, like an old film projector, if it gets too hot and the film melts away.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because we've seen this before in these games, you know, it'll do VCR rewinds and shit like that and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So then I beat the game. And uh-huh. first of all, that last mission, Hoo-Boy. That's crazy. Well, narratively, I think it's kind of weak because, you know, we've been seeing all these characters that we care more about, and it's like, okay, we've got the Russian Mafia brat who's really got some rage issues. Oh yeah. And takes a lot of drugs, and basically by the end of the game, he's fighting the the animal-themed killers in the guises of what amounts to Final Fantasy bosses yeah. like the two swans or a two-headed dragon. He it's, fights like a fucking Sasquatch they go, and
3: shit. They go fucking bonkers with visuals in those final missions. Yeah.
2: He does all that shit, shit and he crosses the rainbow bridge of Asgard and then you roll the credits.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I remember seeing little clips of this part.
3: <laughs> He's not making this up! This is actual thing. <laughs> Did you ever figure out what it, what that screen wipe meant? When he
2: was, well, when he was on the phone. So, um, so there's the there's the scene with the um, the guy who's on the run, the guy who was the the rat mask dude, um, Richter. I keep yeah. wanting to call him Wilhelm for some reason. Yeah. So he's um, so he's uh, you know he's chilling in Miami or Miami, Hawaii. Uh, he finally you know the the writer dude uh, got him the plane ticket to yeah. evacuate to Hawaii with his mom, and they're chilling there. You know, trying to live out their days on the run, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, then he's he's confronted with, uh, throughout this whole game, um, a lot of these characters are confronted by this specter of death in the form of uh, Richard, the, the, the no better way to say it, the cock yeah. mask, um, except, you know, with an animated mouth and human teeth for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: Is it kind of like that No Country for Old Ben villain guy?
2: Yeah, narratively, cool. So, this mask shows up and is basically, and there, you know, there's a news story and saying like, um, there's been a coup and, um, you know, they've they've assassinated the president and taken over uh, Washington and launched an attack against the Russians. And then Richard pops up and he's like, so you basically know that you're fucked, right? And he's like, yeah, I accept it. And then they basically show every other character in the game doing that whole melt away wipe transition mm-hmm. and i'm still just like okay this is a thing mm-hmm. this is happening um so i go to a wiki and i'm like okay what the fuck is happening here and it's like okay san francisco incident after <laughs> after a russian military campaign in hawaii and then you know after that ended um the bearded lieutenant he moves back to san francisco after which the russians launched a nuclear attack <laughs> Yeah! And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that film burn wipe was. Yeah, huh. we, we nuked San Francisco. Yeah, and then in 1991, where, you know, by the events of the end of the game, more nuclear launches. It's, you know, <laughs> ending up almost kind of like a Metal Gear game with all those military campaigns, it kind of comes to the logical conclusion that the Metal Gears have just never really gone to. Yeah. <laughs> Nukes are bad. Fuck the world.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's a very Um, nihilistic game.
2: So, Polly, I want to ask you, um, because you're you're a fan of Hotline Miami and you're a fan of uh, something that was burning through my mind as I was playing Hotline Miami 2, Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like somebody uh, who was working on those games or writing them was a really big Satoshi Kon fan. Oh, God. They had
3: to have been. It's just there's so much that deals with psychosis and dreams and the way the brain works. It's just, there's no way that that can't be some kind of form of inspiration.
2: Like, like the whole thing with the, um, the answering machine messages, urging people to kill and like yeah. this whole, this whole mass, like the synchronicity of just like violence and carnage that's going on with these whole things. Yeah. And then, and then to like personify those in the, you know, the guys of the, um, the Richter, or Richter, the Richard mask. It was like kind of, you know, hints of Shonen Bat yeah. With a, little, with a little bit of perfect blue thrown in, like with the uh, the movie actor who gets like taken over by his own role so much so that it like it kills him.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite literally those are like a lot of the thoughts that were going through my head when I was sort of like going through that game the first time it was just like this definitely reeks of Satoshi Kon. And that's probably why I enjoyed it so much is because I noticed a lot of those same similarities.
0: Uh-huh. That makes sense.
3: So um, did you play with the level editor, any? I haven't yet, no, uh, because back when I played the game originally, it wasn't even available, so I know that it's sort of available now in a beta form, I guess,
2: uh, but
3: I haven't really played with it
2: yet. I'm not a really big level editor kind of guy, I would just make dick worlds. That's um, right. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. that asshole. I'll make a dick world. <laughs> I'll make a dick. I'll make I'll a Make dick a Richard world.
3: world. i make a Richard world. It's shaped Internet. like Richard.
1: <laughs>
2: You have to go I, into each one of his teeth and kill a guy. I will make a dick world,
3: and you can only play as Richard.
1: <laughs> cool.
3: Do you up to anything else, or we're we moving on?
2: Um, Not unless you want to hear me talk about Super Tux Cart. Nope. <laughs> nope, not at all. Okay.
3: <laughs> all right, so I got into some stuff. Um, quick update from last episode. I finished that there, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. Woo! That game is goddamn fantastic. <laughs> that game goes so many places for, like, the last half of it that it's just Ugh. insane. Like, it, it, it's always... You know, you're just still going up and up to reach the surface. This is basically Tengen, Tapa, Gurren, Lagon.
0: Look It's at, the first episode of Tengen, Tapa, Gurren,
3: Look at Ryu's sprite and tell me that that they didn't look at him for inspiration for um, uh, the main character Simon. of Dragon
2: Lagon's. Uh, you
0: know what? There's probably a lot. Of, there may be some Dragon quarter DNA or, in Dragon Lagon
2: thinking s- about it. Or Simone if you go by the Funimation. Uh, SHIMON
3: <laughs> SHAMON <laughs> There you go. Um, but man, that game goes full on anime by the end. It's um, so good. But, but, but before that, they introduced this fun new mechanic John was talking about <laughs> in the last, podcast, the last podcast called Absolute Defense to Bosses. Um, and if you haven't been playing with the combo system properly up until this point, this is where the game stomps you in the nuts and says, should have been paying attention, dick nose. Um, Absolute Defense is like ever, ever, basically from like the first time you fight a boss with it, all the way through the end of the game, every boss has absolute defense. But what it is, is it's a preset amount of damage every combo has to do before you actually start doing damage to a boss. And 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 they range from <laughs> a very small amount, like fifty to eighty in a couple of instances.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and a then, regular like, attack will deal like sixty or something damage. Yeah.
3: And and it's not hard to like, you know, bust those guys down. And like in the fights where they have low absolute defense, usually have a gimmick to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: like one dude is invulnerable most of the goddamn fight,
1: <laughs> which is
3: real annoying. Um, but anyway, but, th- but then like later bosses can have up to like 250 and 300. So it gets to a point to where you've got to start like finding clever ways to use your action points so that you've actually got, you know, enough points to do enough attacks to do enough damage past the absolute defense or you're just wasting time Uh, I got lucky and found a really great skill called transfer um, for uh, my magic caster who she wasn't doing a lot of great damage in those fights so what I would do is I would just take my AP and siphon it off of her and throw it onto one of my other two melee based characters Mm -hmm. or range based characters and let them go to town by just like you know, throwing out much larger combos than I would be able to on the regular without having to like let a turn go by without attacking so I can build up double AP. Um but that really like you you get to the point where again, like it's the game saying you either learned these concepts or hey, you can press that button. You can press that button and win. That'll get right past Absolute Defense. You don't even have to worry (laughs) about it. It's just like one attack and Absolute Defense is gone. You do another
2: couple attacks and go hurt you. Come on. It's just like one or two percent. Come on. You sound (laughs) like a drug dealer in like a 90s anti-drug (laughs) PSA. That's how this game does
3: it, though. (laughs) That is exactly what this game plays that mechanic off as, though. It's just like... Because being in dragon form takes the D-meter up. And, you know, you... I spent most of the game just trying to like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. And then there was like, I got to the final stretch of the game. And there were a couple boss fights where it's just like, man, fuck you. You are a dick, and I've, have got it to spare. God damn it. Because <laughs> there's a boss that is just like invulnerable. Like and every and like, and on the turn that he becomes in, like he's invulnerable, and on the turn that he becomes vulnerable again,
0: he just casts a skill to make himself invulnerable again.
1: Mm-hmm. I was
0: like, Does "What about... it, I?" Think, I think he's vulnerable to um, Nina's Nina's um, uh, trap circles.
3: Oh, I was using them, but they like, but like, they weren't doing a lot of damage.
0: I think that's the guy. Kind of like the ninja sort of guy. Mm-hmm. I think I um, would stack three trap circles on top of each other and then kick him into them, and that's oh. the only way I was able to get past his field.
3: Well, I got lucky, and uh, I, I managed to get Ryu a turn where gotcha. he was vulnerable, and I was just like, "Fuck you! I'm just charging up four times, and I'm going to obliterate you with Decharge. one freaking hit." Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna, hit, I'm gonna break your entire HP bar with one hit. Yeah, and that's what I did. <laughs>
0: that's the way to do it, because you can use as many of those. How? <sighs> You can just combo as many as much as you want, basically on his turn, right?
3: Yeah, it's pretty much limitless.
0: And then move anywhere on the field. And move tech- anywhere on the map. That's what the D meter does.
3: Yeah, but it gives you this, you know, immeasurable power, but it comes at a you know a pretty big cost. But uh, you know, and, it, and like that was the only like fight near the end of the game where I uh, I used it to get out of a bad situation because it was just like i couldn't figure this guy out so it was just like you know what it's like two in the morning and i want to finish this game tonight
1: <laughs> so
3: let's keep going let's uh, give him the d let's give him the d and then i get to the final boss and it was just like i look at my d meter and it's sitting at something like 23 percent or something <laughs> and i'm just like you know what dude get out of my fucking face So I just, like, I transformed and completely annihilated the final boss without even a second thought. It was just like, whatever. I've waited all fucking game to do this. I'm doing it now.
2: It was basically like the equivalent of a quick time event that is the final boss in lieu of an actual final boss challenge, like <laughs> in Heavenly Sword or an Uncharted game or some shit.
3: Yeah, that's basically what I uh, trivialized it into, is a single button press.
0: <laughs> the um the last dungeon, the, I don't think you actually have to fight the ninja guy. Because I think there's branching paths in the last dungeon. and there's, Yeah, there
3: is, actually. So there's
0: different bosses you can fight in the last area. and They have totally different gimmicks.
3: Yeah, there are, like, two different places where you can opt to go north or south. Mm-hmm. And, there, and there are, like, two different paths. So it's like you go north or south at the first fork. And then, like, okay, I went north. And it was just like, okay, there's another north and south path when you fight that boss. So mm-hmm. the, and, and, like, once you go through the path, you can't go back because they steal it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can only k- continually keep going up, um, but Jesus Christ, yeah, that game goes full anime at the end. I, oh, I, I, w- I won't, sp- I won't spoil it, but they, they contextualize the D meter in a real fun way that was just like, Oh God, it, it's so good. Mm hmm. And and the way the the actual game's ending itself wraps up is very sweet and just very serene. And it also leaves, like, a lot of things hanging in the air um, for continuous playthroughs. Uh,
2: They're going to leave that D hanging?
3: They leave the D hanging. (laughs) Uh, But they leave a lot of things uh, for the next playthrough. And they really tantalize you to go back for that. Uh, a, a pl- another playthrough on the, uh, another cycle which I've mm-hmm. actually been doing uh, <laughs> and like the first thing you see when, when, you, when you start a new game plus is like five minutes of new cutscenes and it's just like wait a minute like, and it's all dealing with a character who's been basically an enigma the entire ga- time you were playing the game all of a sudden you're taken back to this character's past and like that character is talking and I didn't know that character could talk what is going on here? God. Um it but like every time you beat the game you get ranked. Um and it's determined by like a bunch of factors that are just kinda dumb that I, I don't think I'll ever fully achieve like like I think you only need to be one like like they go in, you know, like the 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 in, in eighths really so yeah, it's just like you don't like, need
0: to be a dragon quarter in order to yeah. uh, in order to get all the cutscenes
3: yeah so it's just like I finished like and my uh, D ratio for the next uh, mm-hmm. playthrough was like 1 out of five, 1 out of 124 or 1 out of 512 I think uh, so I have access to a lot more areas and I'm seeing a lot more cutscenes on a second playthrough that you don't see your first time through which fill in a lot of gaps around the story um but I don't think that even if you just play through that game once, you're missing it. like it's still a very well done localized story that it, it it's just really well done like top to bottom like the mechanics are really engaging. Um, it's just
0: that's quite you get the like, emotional thrust of the story if you yeah. play it once.
3: Yeah, and you start getting bits and pieces of things that you might have wondered about if you want to keep. Exploring uh, the, the scenario overlay system is what they call it. Um, anytime you see a cutscene that's related to your D-ratio being uh, as low as that it needs to be, there'll be like a little SOL symbol at the bottom of the screen so you'll know not to skip that cutscene.
0: I felt SOL for a lot of that game.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people <laughs> did because they start you at like one out of 8,000. <laughs>
2: Listening to you talk about this, and then on the previous podcast, um, it feels like if this game had come out now, people would have received it more. Like you said, like we're used to Dark Souls now, and mm-hmm. it's like the mechanics of this game. It sounds like you know it's really a rewarding and challenging thing. And then just like for whatever reason, um, people was like, "This is too far out of my comfort zone. This isn't like Dragon Quest." Because I I'm not that familiar with Breath of Fire series. I tried to play the first one, and that just seemed like the most Bog standard RPG. Yep. Imaginable. And, um, and something, and listening to y'all talk about this, this sounds like, oh, it turns everything on their head. And people hated Absolutely it. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> yeah. It, Even actually,
0: now, if you Twitter search it, people will be like ragging on it. It it's did really, really yeah. well. It, to critically. this day,
2: they still hold a grudge. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, the thing is, Dragon Quarter did really well
3: critically, but it's just like with the fan base, just everybody hates it because it is so anti, like, this game is almost like vindictive, and how very against everything Breath of Fire is and was at the time that it was created. Like, it's like the producers were very sick of it. Like, whether that's the idea that went behind it or not, it just felt, it, it just feels very violent, and like, like it's very throwing itself in their face. Like, this is not for you.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like when, um, people wanted Metallica to make Master of Puppets 2 and they gave him St. Anger. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wanted that. <laughs> it's like, first,
0: first just Twitter searched it. first thing I see is, I never liked Dragon Quarter either. I don't like games that cause me stress. Replying to a guy saying, I gave Dragon Quarter 5.0 in EGM with no regrets. <laughs>
3: wow. Yep. That'll show them. <sighs> uh, you're idiots. Dragon Quarter is fantastic. Yeah, And it only took
2: me a year to finally play it.
3: <laughs> it's like it's like it's like Boner's going to get around to playing that copy
0: of Nier, I bet.
2: Oh, I was just thinking about that. But I thought you were going to say Metal Gear Solid. Oh, um,
0: I owe, I own Nier. I really Zero. want to play that after I go back to Dragon Dragon Guard 3. I did I, s- I own Nier too, but uh <laughs> we'll play it someday. he
1: will play it. will play it. Maybe it's
0: maybe it's that as good as people say and then we'll have a Nier cast. There
2: you go. I did start playing Nier. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that much. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, like,
4: how much stuff is in Dragon Quarter past the first playthrough, though? Because it almost it's, sounds like it's like Isaac when you beat Mom. It's like, oh, no, the whole game is really waiting for you now.
3: I I don't think that it would be like the whole game is waiting for you now. I do know that, like, just in, like, the second cycle that I'm currently doing, though, I've seen probably twenty to thirty minutes of extra stuff that I did not see the first time. That seems like a lot. It does, but you're talking about in the context of an RPG as well. Which Mm. means like I'm really like kind of like slogging through these dungeons again. And Mm. you know, like on my first playthrough I used a lot of my party experience, so I didn't have a lot to carry over Uh to my second playthrough. So it's kind of like, oh, it's still the same struggle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but this is still really fucking hard.
3: Yeah, it's still really hard, and it's still satisfying, and Mm -hmm. now that I know where the game ends, I'm not afraid to, like, just bust out the, you know, the Mm D-meter when I need Mm -hmm. to. Do you know if there are alternate endings or anything like that? I don't think think so. I don't think there are alternate endings. I think it's just a lot Mm -hmm. of tertiary side stuff that you can find um, about characters in the story or the world or... It's, like,
0: extra lore, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, the item descriptions in Dark Souls, kind of. Yeah, filling in a lot of these gaps while the um, like I said kind of like the emotional journey of the game is very felt in yeah. just one playthrough. Yeah, yeah. Like I Google I go I looked up um I found out Elion's backstory on a wiki and I was like, "Whoa, shit. Whoa, that's really cool."
1: Mhm. That fight
0: that's, though, huh? That's
3: that's just so cool. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that whole game, just like that whole crescendo to the end. The way just, the entire final area differs from everything you've seen so far.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just After like all get, that grime and grit.
3: Yeah, you step into the final area, area and it's just elegance. It's just like, what? <laughs> what? You, you use that word. <laughs> I use that word. Ugh.
2: Hey, John, you want to play a game that doesn't contextualize its narrative and all and it's grimy and gritty? Yep. Hotline Miami.
1: There you go. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like Hotline Miami too. Story, goddamn. It's
2: it's not a very nice game, though. No,
3: it's very not nice. <laughs> it's decidedly not very nice. Um, but yeah. Oh,
0: did anybody from that game go on to work with Undead Rising? I wouldn't be surprised since they're both Capcom. That's something I was wondering yeah.
3: uh, because they both kind of use the cycles thing. So mm-hmm. that'd be interesting to look up. Yeah,
0: I told this to Polly. Like for people listening, Dragon Quarter is like the good version of all the shit I've been talking about with like Saga and everything. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> like it's so the like, one that it's the one that's can, actually playable. And you can
0: ignore fun. all that other shit I've been saying, but Dragon Quarter is really good.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you take anything away from John's rambling on this podcast, uh, just take it all from the first year uh, when he talked a lot about Dragon Quarter incessantly.
0: Mm-hmm. I talked a good bit about Dark Souls. I enjoyed that. Mm. Dark Souls is also like the good version of a lot of the stuff I saw. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: a good point. So yeah, that was Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. I heartily I'm probably, recommend that.
0: probably going to replay it when I get my copy back. Yeah, yeah. I'll be Maybe I'll play East 6. Hey, there you go. I've been listening to a bunch of East music just like all week, so I think I might be getting into a mode. East music is
3: fantastic.
0: East music is good.
3: Especially latter-day East music. It's <laughs> a lot more orchestrated and just mm. like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can get I can be in a mode where I want to listen to the orchestrated stuff and in a mode where I want to listen to like it's the like, PC like, eighty eight music. It's like Toho music, but good.
3: Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> when
0: you that, we talk, we, subterranean animism soundtrack is pretty great. I like right? subterranean animism okay. music, but like, That's the I one think. I listen to like I have like on my phone and put on in the yeah. car sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. none of the like I, I listen to Imperishable Nights soundtrack sometimes. That's probably the one I've connected with. The second most, but then like I always put it on for a little bit and then like, you know, it sounds great. Let's put on Utsuho's theme. <laughs> okay. And yeah. Cool. So that's Dragon Quarter. It's good shit. It's uh, good shit. And then uh,
3: for some random reason, don't know why I got uh, I got in kind of like a weird mood to want to play a Mega Man game again. Ew. You see, it's because Mighty Number no. 9 failed to come out. Yeah, so I, was just, like, I was just, well, just like, oh, shit. I got to fill that hole in my heart. Um, but I decided to go with the X series, uh, mostly because like, I had been wanting to replay uh, Mega Man X4 uh, mm. for a long time.
0: Those are all my first Mega Man games as a kid. Like I got, My mom actually, for her birthday one year, after a whole bunch of Mega Man X1 and talking about Mega Man and whatnot, um, we had gotten a PlayStation earlier. And I woke up and she had gotten me Mega Man Legends, Mega Man 8 and Mega Man X4 and set them up in a line.
3: (laughs) Those are those are fine choices.
0: I know. Right. So I like over the next couple of years, I just poured through all of them. It was great.
3: Um, uh, But yeah, like I had wanted to replay uh, Mega Man X4 because I remember thinking like, man, that game looked and played fantastic, didn't it? So I went back and replayed that first. (laughs) Um, And I was absolutely right. That game is a slam dunk top to bottom. Uh, I can't really find much wrong with it. Um, It's just like looking at that game and like, and that game is still a sprite based game. This isn't like seven and eight where they move to 3d models and stuff. Uh, This is still a very much a sprite based game. And you look at like stuff like just the groundwork that they did on the platforms and stuff. There's so much detail, and there were people there clearly enjoying the shit out of their craft and the newfound ability to not be hindered by limitations of 16-bit hardware. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think you see a lot of that in Mega Man 8 as well, um, and and a lot of its designs, which I I think those games were probably in production at the same time. Um, I believe it. But, um, yeah, that game is still really good playing as X or Zero. like I think that it, it accommodates both uh, characters really really well and probably better than any other X game would uh mm-hmm. for that matter like i don't think that they've ever like i know the X5 didn't really feel balanced at all um
0: i no, I'd always destroy it with zero and then vanilla X is just kind of worthless
3: <laughs> yeah yeah and like uh i think meant X6 is just garbage so
0: yeah
3: not play that i think
0: i played extreme 2 a bunch as a kid and that's one of the only ones where you can swap <laughs> back and forth between the two mid stage yeah. which was cool.
3: <clears throat> um, so then, like after playing Mega Man X4, missing a heart tank for some reason. I still, <laughs> I still don't know which one it was. Um, and I played that for a while. I played through it as both characters. I'm going to stream it at some point, because that'll be fun. Um, but I went back and it was just like, you know what, let's go have a look at these original games again. And uh, I sat down and was just like, you know what, let's play Mega Man X1 again. And I think that Mega Man X, mm. Mega Man X One is another one of those rare games that I think that is as close to perfect as you can get without being perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so well thought out from top to bottom that, like, it's hard to find much wrong with it. It's like, yeah, it might skew a little towards the easy side, I guess. Maybe, yeah. Uh, but that, my god, that game's fantastic. And then. Yeah. And then you've got Mega Man X2, which I played immediately after, which I think expands on all of the ideas that the first game has. It might not execute them as well, but I think that it adds a lot more importance to stuff like movement and execution. Mm-hmm. Like, you start getting more, like, you get an air dash, you get, um, and you get, like, other, like, there are a couple of, um, uh, uh, um, they're not robot masters, damn it, they're Mavericks. You get mm-hmm. a couple of Maverick abilities that, like, aid you in moving through stages quicker. And that, like, w- when you start playing that game and feeling yourself getting good at it, at, at just the overall movement and just, like, like, like how superior this series is to the classic series in pretty much every <laughs> way. Like, I, that's another thing I found is, like, man, I cannot go back to the classic games at all. Like, it's just like X just feels too good. Like, mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's like Mega Man 8, I like that game, I like how it feels. <laughs> I like Mega Man 9, because I think that it's one of the only balanced, really well, uh, mm-hmm. classic kind of games, but I don't really want to go back and play, like, Mega Man 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, like, ever again.
2: <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned that X2 gives you Maverick abilities that let you move through the stage, because... The classic Mega Man games have always been about like, well, after you know, one giving you items that let you move through the stage, and then like the X games, like, well, the first Mega Man X, the only one I can think of is like after you get the charge up, uh, chill penguin one that gives you the ice sled or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the first Mega Man X and then Mega Man X Four are the ones that I remember most, just because they're the ones I've played the most, mm-hmm. and then. <laughs> I never played Mega Man 8. I played the inferior version, which was Mega Man and Burst on uh, that, game and fucking, is, that game is poop. Fucking Pyro Man. It's you really push hard. the ice wall and him really and he hits hard. the sparks. <laughs> that game's poopy. I and, it, and it's I weird. Think it's you, like,
1: yeah.
2: The characters are so different. It's like, oh yeah, you got this one with a double jump, but then you got one that shoots through walls, and it's like you have to go, you know, here's the thing you can't get with one or the other. It's kinda different playing um Mega Man X four. Just like, you know, uh with you can play it with X or Zero, and it's kind of the same game. It's just the the characters, you know, deal with their situations differently. So it's not like they navigate the levels fundamentally differently. Right, right. And mm-hmm. um I don't know. It's Mega Man and Bass just never really clicked for me. It feels um, really lame
0: to be playing a Mega Man base level and then see a ladder you can't reach because you're playing as Mega Man.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that, you, you nailed it. X4 much. doesn't do that. That's it. <laughs> yes,
1: thank you. I
0: think I think Pauly articulated X2's appeal really well because um, I feel like, I think that game really clicked for me when I played it after um, watching Hide of Beasts playthrough of it because he kind of said it brings the focus in on speed. Yeah, it really um, does breezing through the levels on just moving through quickly and getting feeling really good about it (laughs) yeah
3: it Uh, it's it's wow yeah it's fantastic mm -hmm. like one and two it's like so hard for me to want to pick between the two because i think that they both do what they do exceptionally well and i would put Mm -hmm. four i would put four in that pantheon because i think that that game is a refreshed I think like, Mega Man X4 is a refreshed development team. Like, it just mm. feels like, because mm-hmm. what I'm going to talk about next, <laughs> not mm. so good. Mega Man X3 is
0: poop coming out of a butt. But. This is, my third, this is my third <laughs> review for SNPS.
3: That game is so fucking lifeless and joyless that, and, and that, soulless. And that,
2: that got a PC release, didn't that it? They got
3: a PC and a PS1 uh, release. Yes. <laughs> <A> Bilzard Buffalo. <laughs> you can look it up. Look up Bilzard Buffalo's intro on the- Wheel <laughs>
2: Alligates. Wheel- uh, They
3: spelled it Bilzard. B-I-L-L-Z-A-R-D Buffalo.
2: So where's Lance Zard? Boom.
3: Uh yeah. I I hate everything about Mega Man X three. Everything I like I sat down and had to play through it one evening and it was just like the most mind numbing experience of my life. It's just good lord. It's so boring. And it's just like if you hit any robot master with their weakness. Like, every single enemy in the game does this. If you hit them with their weakness, they just jump to the other side of the screen. And then hit him again, jump to the other side. Of like, that's it. That's oh, all. It sounds,
2: that sounds like fucking uh, the Bahamut route in Contra Hard Corps, where he's he's just hopping around the whole fucking screen. And,
3: and, and like... And and, and 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 every weakness only does two damage, so uh, oh. uh, so it takes forever since or like are...
2: a not speed run. Awesome <laughs> not awesome games done fucking slow.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, not to mention it's like this game's soundtrack is the most obnoxious one of the
0: most obnoxious
3: <laughs> ES soundtracks yeah. ever.
2: The the Bilzard Buffalo music is the only one I remember for that game. And it's, it's the only
0: good one or decent one. It's so
2: no you're okay
0: yeah it's the closest the music comes to functional just because it isn't like the grimy awful guitar sample
1: And
0: like every freaking note is just wah i think um ray tigers is, or whatever is the one that i always was the one that always just stabbed me in the ears the most
3: they all just made me want to puke It's so horrible. It's like, this is like the worst (laughs) SNES sound design has to offer. Who thought this sounded good?
2: Everybody rags on Genesis music because it sounds like farts, but if you've ever played any of these, like, really lazy licensed property, maybe SNES games that use that same guitar sample.
3: And that's exactly
0: what Mega Man X3 sounds like. (laughs)
3: And like okay. the, the PlayStation,
0: just Blizzard Bufflos doesn't have is the melodies at least like the high instrument, yeah. but it still is just it's this dry it's lifeless. Most, yeah, thing. it's the
2: most depressing, just like droning uh, funeral, funeral march.
3: And <laughs> <I'm laughs>
2: playing a Mega Man game. The
3: PlayStation <laughs> One music sounds as shitty, <laughs> and it's arranged.
2: Oh my God! They
3: wanted it to sound this bad.
2: They had to be faithful, or else people would have accused them of censoring it. Uh oh!
1: <laughs>
3: SJW is censoring my Mega Man. Is it Red Book Audio? That'd be I great. think so. Oh my God! I God. think it is.
0: Oh my God!
3: But yeah, like man, Mega Man X
2: Three is just garbage. And, and this and this was an era too, where it's like you have um you have neo geo games like king of fighters 98 or whatever coming out and the arcade version sounds like fucking garbage compared to the red Book audio and yeah. then it's like how do you cuz because early red Book audio games like your ease games or whatever it's just they were zazzing it up out the ass they were going like way overboard yeah or whatever with these versions but it's like you you finally get to where it's like okay it's not like you have a version where it's um it's primitive sounds and we're just gonna like go balls out crazy with it. You can, you can actually make the game. You can, you can make the music service, the game and not the other way around. It's like, Hey, we can do all this crazy fucking music now. And then they still just like,
0: <laughs> I like King of finders. It's like, <laughs> no, it's like, no,
2: nope. yeah. <laughs> like, nope, we, we've got the potential to do um good soundtrack with this, you know, updated soundtrack and now nah, we're just going just gonna to shit it out of butt. Yeah. But yeah. I dislike everything about Mega Man X3. It's garbage.
3: What the fuck is the point of getting the carry armors? Like who cares about that?
2: Ugh. What's the point of playing at zero for like two minutes? Yeah,
3: you can't even fight bosses with him. It's just like, hey, you got to the door. It's just like, okay, I'll handle it from here.
0: I'm like, well, what the fuck? What's the point? And you have to kill him if you want to get the Z Saber. And you and you can get like you can there's a pink capsule and you can only get one of the super duper power ups. Oh, although if you wait a while, then you can get all of them in the last in the second to last level.
2: So. you kind of do the same thing with X four though. It's like you can get the wing power up, or you can get the other power up, where you can put in the code to get the generic power up.
0: No, there's like I thought de- X four was cool because there were two separate armors you could yeah, get. Yeah, there's two. two okay. There's two separate busters that you can get. Oh yeah, the X five was the ones with multiple armors. X four yeah. was just two busters, and I think that's cool.
3: Yeah. Can you and- get
2: a CJ buster? <sighs>
0: And you can
3: actually you can actually go back to that stage and enter the other capsule if you don't want
2: the one that you got. Oh yeah. It's been a while. Like last time I tried to play X four, I played through it with X. And I was like, yeah, you know, I remember this game being really good. And I started trying to play it with Zero and it's like Zero's a little more bullshitty. I'm gonna stop playing this now. No, nah, it's just it's just harder. It's not it's not that
3: bad, but it's definitely but, but,
2: but the you... first time I played it when I did through it with the zero route and I got the Sigma, I was like <laughs> uh, this is I'm losing I'm layers sure of I've, my teeth off of this. I'm not
0: sure I ever beat Sigma with Zero, but I did enjoy what? playing with zero.
3: Sigma with zero is way easier than Sigma with uh with Maybe X. Maybe I'm mixing it up. I
2: beg to differ, but okay.
3: Okay. X four is a
0: pretty hard ass final boss. Yeah, um, that, that boss is crazy. Yeah. The um
2: Are you ready to to... for your final journey?
0: Oh god. <laughs> because he... I really like the intro to the X4 too. It yeah. gets me pumped up every time. Cheesy as it is. Oh yeah, it's, it, all the cutscene stuff is really cheesy, but it's a lot more <laughs> like joyous than the stuff in X5 which was lots of text boxes and whatnot.
2: Yeah. Fucking X5. That's Ugh. another game I never finished.
0: I yeah. loved X5 as a kid. I just played it to death a bunch because it was an ex- a Mega Man game.
3: Doesn't uh, the final set of stages come down to a fucking dice roll? like the enigma cannon you've only got like even if you get all the parts you've only got an 85% chance
0: all i did was i i just played the game every time beating every um maverick Mm -hmm. and then i never it just played like a regular Mega Man game if i as long as i did that (laughs) i I just didn't pay attention to the mechanics to how that worked and even then i think it still functions you just get like the bad ending or something (laughs) yeah it's a dice roll (laughs) it's pretty dumb
3: like you've it's a lot better the than... cannon. And if the shuttle misses, like, oh, you can't play a Zero anymore either.
2: Right. <laughs> so the way you're describing this sounds like the suicide mission in Mass Effect two. <laughs> it's kind of like that, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's real fucking silly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Mega Man X one, two, and four, fantastic. Would recommend. Stay away from three. It's poop from a butt.
0: I don't think you ever got the chance to play eight. I wanted to tell you, uh-huh. everyone really loves that game because no one talks about it. So the people who do play it talk about it a lot. Uh huh. It's okay. Okay. That's, it, it's okay. Okay. I, I,
3: might, I might look up a copy at some point, but okay. I, I'm going to guess it's like $100 plus now.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, y'all should just know Anna built a dresser. No, not a dresser. It built a nightstand, and she did a kick-ass job. Good job. Soxcast endorsed. Polly says good job. Anna says thanks. If you could hear her, if you could hear, her. I, I heard. Okay, you were that. I heard. Fuck you, Rhett. For some reason, <laughs> yeah, that might have been part of it. <laughs> Fuck you. <Rhett. laughs> you yeah. just, you just might be used
3: to hearing that.
0: I played, uh, I played Command Mission, and I liked the battle system. That the story's fucking nonsense. Um, I enjoyed that too. It's, it's okay. Like,
2: is, is that the one where there's a robot that's got an Abe Lincoln uh, stove type hat? named Spider.
0: I think. And the main villain is named Redips. Redips? Redips. R-E-D-P-I-D-S. There's a plot twist later in the game. See if you all can
2: Uh... (laughs) (laughs) out.
0: Although it's the Redips is misspelled as like Red Disp or something in the instruction manual. So it just confuses everything.
2: Well, so like that would be like in Castlevania 3 if you play as Akulard.
0: Oh, right. Ackelard. <laughs>
3: Girl Ackelard. Like, uh, who, what? What's this twist I'm finding out?
0: <laughs> Fuck. So, yeah. Commandish and, and X8 are the ones that kind of get overlooked. So, as a result, people, I think, maybe sing the praises a little overzealously, but they're cute.
2: There's a pretty good speedrun community for X8, isn't there? I mean, that's cool. That was on a GDQ. Mm-hmm. I think they pretty much just like play Zero and use this one weapon, but. Uh, that's pretty much how these things go. X
0: Eight X Eight is like at least as good as X Five, I guess.
2: Oh, I know uh, uh, with faint praise.
3: <laughs> the only streamer that I currently watch that actually plays Mega Man X regularly would be Caleb Hart, and he's got the world record for Mega Man X Two right now.
1: So. Oh, cool!
3: Yeah, and it's actually a pretty damn solid run. It's a crazy run. It's basically one of those
0: everything went positively right runs. Cool. Yeah. X1 is probably my favorite action game. Yeah,
3: it's so good. It's, it's damn one near of the first perfect. Ones I
0: got really good at as a kid.
2: That music too. Oh, oh, God. You know. Just the
0: the t- all the tone stuff in the first Fortress levels. Yeah. Like with the music and with all the and with the cutscenes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Goes really well.
3: They, oh. they handled everything just like they had a very specific vision for that first game, and they were left like to to, to well, let, they were left alone to follow through on that vision mm-hmm. is what I feel like with that game because I think you're probably it's, right it's just so unfettered with mm-hmm. with any bullshit and not a moment of it is wasted or feels like downtime.
0: Mm-hmm. They probably I mean, were finally just got trusted to make the game they wanted to make. I I read an interview about Mega Man Two and I found out that game had about a three month um uh dev dev cycle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty sloppy. I I really adore Mega Man 2. I went. To, I had a job interview earlier this week, and the guy walked in and said, "Oh, I read your blog. I read your thing on Mega Man 2. I love that game too." Oh,
2: Wow! And if I walked weird. into a job interview and anybody said they read my blog, I would start sweating profusely.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I did that too.
2: But okay, um, I, I, I would just like. Which
3: one? I would grab my invisible top hat and be like, "Okay, sir, it's been well meeting you. I'll talk to you later." <laughs> so. All right, write your site, SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. Well, okay, later.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you like all the fucks and shits and the uh, cramming things up butts? And... <laughs> oh,
0: God. But um, I really love Mega Man 2. I really love that story and how it progresses. I remember thinking a lot about how it compared with X1. Um, and I remember thinking, like, X1 doesn't have, like, the really cool intro. But then I realized, like, Mega Man X1 does have, like, a great story intro. It just happens at at the end of the first stage. They let you just play the fucking game before they do the really cool, well-done cutscene. Yeah. Which is classy, I think. Cool. So,
3: yeah, that was uh, all the the fun (laughs) Mega Man stuff that I got into. The last thing that I did was I finally got around to playing... Good old uh brand new classic, I guess you would call it, from good fine folks over at Joy Masher in Brazil. Uh, a game called Odalis of the Dark Call.
2: I've heard of this game.
1: I bet you have. <laughs> uh,
3: this is a sort of like a Castlevania slash Rostan slash what else are we going for?
0: I've heard of Rostan.
3: No. Have you?
2: like it's um it's a bit more Mega y in its playstyle than it is in castlevania I mean, it's more like castlevania it's like you get a thing gives you a power you go and and again it's like when we say this it's all relative because castlevania only started doing that like in the ninety two bit era yeah I
0: figured yeah. like, probably was talking about the old games for that
2: you know the but bit. it but it feels a lot more like a Castlevania 3, because it's split up into discrete stages, but you have a map that you, you you can go back to the stages whenever you want and find new things and stuff. But,
3: yeah, so it's not like the world is interconnected like seamlessly. It's still just broken up into stages and stuff.
2: Like Mega Man. Like
3: Mega Man. Um, and, Mega
2: Man, Mega Man, this is a pit. And you have to jump over it. And it, it's,
3: it's a lot... I mean, it's it's got a lot of similarities to you know, like Oniken. You know, it's this very old school style game. Like they like they know what kind of games they want to make, and they're very happy with making those kinds of games. So, like, this has definitely got like an eight slash sixteen bit feel to it. Like the, the like all of the sprite art and stuff is just very well done. And also, it's all done by one person, so that's a lot of freaking effort. oh goddamn. Yeah, like uh Danilo Diaz did like all of the the artwork himself. Uh so that's just nuts. Uh, and he did it all for Oniken as well, but there's just there's so much more art in this game that it's just kind of crazy. Um so basically like I mean, well, like I I don't really know what more you say about it other than like, you know, it's a fun little game. It's got like some backtracking to stages too go find optional power-ups and stuff to you know progress towards the end of the game to find paths to extra stages you might not have been to yet um and you've got to find all of the stages in order to go through the final stage anyway so it really does kind of force you to like look deeper into the stages and um stuff like that uh the reason i think that it's kind of got some castlevania inspiration is because i think that like some of the the the, the 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 exploration they want you to do or some of like the puzzles they want you to solve are very obtuse and just like what? What do you mean? That doesn't make any sense to me at all, what Dude, I just I think did. a
0: little bit of obtuse puzzles can be like a nice little space on, a... I, was on a for <laughs> <minutes>. <laughs> I was stuck on a Switch puzzle for 45 minutes. I was
3: stuck on a Switch puzzle for 45 minutes. I still don't know what the fucking Switches did or how I opened <laughs> the
2: way to the key. So there's there's literally a puzzle in that where you gotta hit some gears like a set number of times and there's like literally a puzzle like that in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You have to listen to it click on, yeah. like a, a different sound effect than when it regularly turns
3: yeah there's a it's like one of the one of the heart power-ups is like that too where you've got to like hit it a certain number of times but i think you've got to get up to it before uh before it clicks back uh i didn't uh, shit
2: on a timer yeah, this is not a game that
3: <laughs> this is not a game that I unfortunately felt the need to go back through and get all one hundred percent of the items on.
2: I, I got a hundred percent in my first playthrough and um I haven't played veteran mode yet because, you know, I um I played it like shortly after it came out and mm-hmm. like hundred percent of it. Um <laughs> So how do you feel about that Minecart uh part with the and um I imagine like anybody who doesn't hundred percent it, that's probably part of their fuck it, I'm done, moment in
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, like, the minecart part underlies a part that... A, a part of this game that I ran into a lot that I think's real unfortunate is that I ended up glitching out a lot in uh, <sighs> yeah, yeah. the minecart, where, like... Like, I would hit something, like, something would hit the minecart, and it would explode, but my guy wouldn't fall
2: off the screen like he's supposed to. He would just stand there, and you can't move. Yeah, you can't progress. It's really, you basically soft, like You have to, you know. I have to kill the game. Up... Exactly.
3: Uh, and that happened to me probably four or five times in that one area, and it was just like, I'm not going back there to find anything. <laughs> fuck you. Was like, I got the one heart piece that was probably on the minecart area, and it was just like, fuck it, am I going back? I'm not going back there. Once I finish the stage, I'm never coming back. Um, but I ran into a lot of issues in this game, and I don't know whether it's just like the engine that he's using. It's
2: a, he's using um... isn't he? Kind of like it's a Unity game, isn't it? No, it's it's f- like uh, just flattened into. Uh shit,
3: I can't remember the fucking name of it. It's he, like
2: he posted like a screenshot where like somebody was complaining. Oh, there's another. Super NES game that he made in 30 minutes, and he's like, yeah, no, and he, like, extrapolated into, like, all the layers and shit, so it's some, like, 3D engine that's just, like, flattened in the final product.
3: I know what this damn... Is it Clickteam? Clickteam, yeah. It's Clickteam... whatever that is. Clickteam Fusion or something like that.
4: Yeah. I think um... Noidu Love
3: 2 might be the same thing. Yeah, Um... and I ran into a lot of problems, like, where that Like, this game is really vertical, a lot of the time, yes. So when I would go down to the next area, or like, or, or just like, you know, progress the screen downward, I would land, and then like enemy sprites would just pop
2: up like on top of me. Yeah, it's like the game never knows when to scroll. Like when you're moving a, between one of these vertical areas, you'll almost like stall in the air, and then. The screen will hold, just jerk down. It's like okay, here's all this enemies and shit that I didn't. I got know the that camera.
3: I got the camera stuck that way once. I got. Oh it, my god. I, I got. I got the camera stuck so that it wouldn't progress. It was in one of the lower areas of. Uh, uh, I can't remember. I think it was Aqueducts too, um, but yeah, like I got the camera stuck. So like I ran into a lot of real unfortunate bugs with this game. I don't think it's a terrible game. Uh, I think that for what it is, it's pretty fun. Um it's it's got really fun boss fights. It's yeah, you know, it's got a lot of the same stuff that I really liked about Oniken. Yeah. Really, you know, it's just In like
2: In fact, I... playing Odalis made me go back and play because Oniken was one of those where I was like, uh ah, I'm not really caring about this that much. I mean, I like, played Shadow of the Ninja on the NES. I'm kind of right. familiar with jankier like platforming <laughs> ninja <laughs> games or whatever, but right, um right. Odalis made me go back and appreciate Oniken more, but the part of where the um, Odalis kind of falls apart for me, I mean, other than the aforementioned glitchiness, is like the boss fights I feel like are more contingent on your ability to tank them and get them dead before they do the same for you. In Onakin, you didn't really have a choice. You kind of had to recognize a pattern, but, yeah. but it's, it was also kind of contingent on luck and getting to it with, mo- with enough health. And in, in Oniken, like some of the bosses, just don't have patterns that make any kind of good sense. Um, yeah. Or, or you can see what pattern they're doing, but you're not equipped with the tools in the engine to be able to dodge them in a way you would in a lot of old school games that are based on pattern recognition and execution. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um,
2: especially in the last fucking boss run gauntlet
3: stage. Oh wow, yeah, those fights actually—I found some patterns, but I was definitely kind of like, "Well, I'm just hoping my heart stock holds out." Yep. Um, it's still a spectacle though, and I still think that like you know, like the work done on those final fights is pretty fun, but uh, might want to have eight hearts before you go in there. Yeah.
2: Um, I used whatever gems I had to buy more the fucking life medallions.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> before going into the final.
2: Yeah, it's it's
3: it's still a relatively fair game most of the time, but yeah, you'll probably want to tank through a few bosses that are just, you know, it's like I, I find that this like like the way that this guy does his games also, he tends to have like a a, a, a real. Uh, a liking of a very certain type of physics, where it's just like things are real fast and jumpy and snappy, and like there's yeah. not a and there's not a lot of weight to everything, but there's a lot of gravity.
2: So you you get a dash move like pretty early on in the game. It just kind of like feels a lot like Mega Man X. Yeah, and um, you you get your like your Castlevania double jumps, and there's a float move which i think castlevania added those like in aria of sorrow or whatever um so you can yeah you can traverse the stages like in a really like loosey-goosey megaman x tile um Man. way of maneuvering but yeah. yeah it um with the i don't know with the some of the clunkiness with the vertical motion and stuff when in what you know looks a lot like a um like Castlevania three or whatever it's, or or, or more like Castlevania four really. It's like talking about the size of the sprites here yeah, and stuff. It's yeah. one of those games. It's like you look at it and be like, oh, this looks like an NES game, but it really like plays more like a sixteen or even thirty two bit game. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: but it's 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 still a good game. I think I definitely prefer Oniken because I think mm-hmm. that it's still a better put together package. Just because it's kind of you know, like I I really admire and appreciate scale and like i can recognize that like that is a much larger undertaking you know for this Ony- very small team to have taken on and actually completed it special-
2: looks like it has more of a singular vision like it's like okay we want to make a fucking um b-grade nes like shatterhand or uh shadow of the ninja or absolutely
3: whatever. absolutely and they do that like amazingly well while letting you be chased by a, a robot and a bear polar bear polar bear yes polar bear. <laughs> that is one of my favorite boss fights in any game ever because it's so dumb that was very and, and when i interviewed him i was very much i was like you know that's like the best thing ever
2: <laughs> so did you see this um twitter post that uh danilo diaz made like um in the past like couple of days or whatever where he it is basically he just says uh This girl's here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and it's just a sprite of a lady who looks like some cyborg warrior from the future holding a gun. Uh oh. And it's like, okay, is Joy Masher making a Contra game? I hope so. (laughs) I'm on board.
1: Yeah.
3: Maybe I'll interview him again and get him to talk about it. (laughs) Exclusive. Yeah,
4: you go socks some, some, some th- make people sexy dot net world premiere world
3: premiere world, world <laughs> premiere. <laughs> so yeah or dallas a dark call it's pretty good if you like on again cool. you'll probably you'll probably like a dallas too um cool so that's all i've been into hey rhett How you how's it going you kids in your video games they talk way too much <laughs> about video games i tell you what
0: rhett 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 did you play more of the witness? No, not really. Okay. Why? Neither did I. <laughs>
3: I was waiting for it to make another appearance.
0: <laughs> I'm sure I'll get to I'm sure we'll get to talk about the secret end eventually. Yeah. I did I watch
4: this Austin Walker of Giant Bomb did a spoiler cast with some guys and mm-hmm. that was an interesting listen.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. he, he
4: like his whole pro- problem with that game was like one of the audio logs talking about Zen Buddhism or something and how their representation of Zen Buddhism is more of a modern interpretation and not like the true roots of it. I'm like, man, that is such <laughs> a weird nitpicky thing to get angry at the game over.
0: I mentioned that I really love Austin War? <laughs> But that uh, this, was a
4: really weird thing to be like angry over. <laughs> it's, pretty
0: sh- it's pretty shitty. I think that's pretty. Sh- I think that's representative of some of the games. So what you been doing, Rat? Uh, I've not played many video
3: games that are not The Binding of Isaac.
4: Uh oh. Because I've still been somebody's. Marching along.
3: Somebody's marching back. Somebody's doing the salty run back to finishing Real Platinum God. <laughs> Isaac, post-it notes. How close are you to Real Platinum God?
4: I mean, I don't have the Lost unlocked yet, so basically 0%. Oh, Because no. that's everything. That's basically,
3: lost. yeah. Yeah,
4: But like I do have four or five characters with the post-it note done on hard now. Nice. And that's including the new stuff. That's good. Like, I had another Boss Rush and Hush run last night. Yeah, last night... <laughs> First item room, quad shot.
3: Fantastic.
4: Second item room, spoon bender. And I'm like, okay, this is good. Let's, let's see what we get. And then boss rush, tech X.
3: Oh, shit. And I'm just like,
4: okay, th- this is just One over run. now. Because then, like, I intentionally used... There's that item that will dupe an item, so you get two of them. Yeah. So I intentionally used that on, like, a blue mushroom to make my shot speed slower.
3: Oh, So the laser is yeah. just
4: fucking... Ripped through Hush Like nothing I've ever seen before And I'm so sad I couldn't get a Mega Satan Key
3: Oh, damn
4: Because I'm like, oh, I need him And I, even then, like Would just do
3: it just to fucking kill him Because I
4: didn't even need Hush on that playthrough But I'm like, I will not get hit doing this
3: Yeah, that's so that, Like, that's so nuts and broken right there Yeah Um Yo, that speed challenge, have you done that one? Yeah, I've done that one I finished that one when it wasn't fixed. Oh my god! I finished no. that one. I finished that when it was like way harder.
4: Well, I've only given it one shot so far. Uh huh. But I got really, really bumped and upset when I died. Yeah, I saw where you died. Cause you saw. <laughs> Cause I'm like nobody dies there. It's, do- it's moving at double speed. She was firing the thing that tracks you, like the stream of bolts that tracks you. And I'm saying to myself, she's going to fire the diagonal lasers. Watch out for them. And then right when I'm in the corner, boom, I'm like, fuck! Because <laughs> my second item room was Ipecac. Oh. So that it went from, well, this is totally fucked. I'll do this later too. Oh shit, I have to try now because I might actually be able to do it. And I got that close and died and I wanted to cry because my heart was beating so fast.
3: Yeah, too bad. That, it's... Too bad that goes to Satan, though.
4: Wait, does it? No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what the icons mean. It goes <laughs> to the heart, and I'm like, I'm gonna do this on my first try. I'm gonna do this on my first try. Don't oh fuck!
3: <laughs> I, I I did it on my seventh or eighth, but yeah. it was way harder back then because they Isaac didn't have any kind of boost to his.
4: That's behavior. crazy. Yeah, I don't
3: know. it was. Positively not Yeah,
4: so for people to to, Yeah, this speed challenge is just the game at double speed now. Yeah. But you have to beat it within sixteen minutes. Yeah. And it's just it's a way of playing that you're just not used to because it's so much faster. You just gotta react way harder. Yeah, so still playing a lot of that game. I'm within one hundred achievements of one hundred thousand percent now. There you go. Some of those new items are fucking crazy. (laughs) They really are! It's just like, go ahead, break it. The Lilith stuff, I think, in particular. Like, getting Incubus on another character is is, is so broken. I got triple shot, Incubus, Ipecac in greed mode. One run. So I'm just fighting six Ipecac shots at once, so like, yep, okay. And then there's that other one that just bounces around the room with, like, damaging aura. Yeah. He's like ridiculous <laughs> yeah, he's totally broken <laughs> yeah and then maw of the void oh, really
3: good yeah. as yeah well. yeah maw of the void used to be real exploitable but they kind it used of... to be it seems pretty good uh, they but, nerfed its ability to spawn black hearts yeah yeah i didn't notice i wasn't a getting a ton of those but it still does
4: so much damage oh
3: wow like when it first came out like it was just like spitting out black hearts like <laughs> almost every other enemy that's pretty great It was kind of dumb
4: there's that other one, I forget what it's called, like the pair of green lips that also will give you black hearts.
3: Toxic shock.
4: It's... No, no, no. Oh, no. Um... Serpent's kiss. Yeah, it poisons enemies. Yeah. And makes them drop black hearts. Like getting that at like the start of greed mode or something, it's just like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about health now.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: One run. <laughs> There's so many items that are just like, oh, okay, I win. Yeah, that's... That's still a pretty good game. I'm scared to unlock the Lost and Keeper, though.
3: (laughs) But you'll probably have, like, the Holy Mantle and stuff unlocked for the Lost by the time... Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not even trying to unlock the Lost until
4: I do more Greed mode. Even though his thing is just... You get the photo and then die. Yeah. So besides video games... Uh, I saw the what new is Deadpool. there
2: besides video games? I
4: did stuff besides video games. What's that like? Eh, it's okay. Um, I saw that Deadpool movie that John was talking about and? last time. And I yeah. thought it was good. It's mm-hmm. like a good one of those with kind of some raunchy humor thrown Right. On top. right. And by mm-hmm. one of those, I mean like the st- standard kind of superhero origin story.
1: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Like it does play it kind of more straight than I thought it
0: was going to. There's a lot and of serious it, scenes. It's yeah. weird.
4: And like the advertising wasn't really wrong. It is at its heart maybe a romance <laughs> in a weird way. Good lord.
2: But that's not that inaccurate from the comics. When the character debuted, it was kind of playing it straight and then there was like a a mini series where it was kind of like that romance origin story. It wasn't until like yeah. uh and somebody's probably going to correct me I'm getting the writer wrong. I think it was Mark Wade. When he he got his own solo like ongoing series in the mid to late 90s, when it became that weird fourth wall breaking yeah. like goofy mm-hmm. character shit.
1: Yeah,
4: I'm not. I don't know the comics at all. I think it does a good job probably walking between those two sides, where there mm-hmm. is still like some of the fourth wally stuff, where he's joking about like, oh, you Marvel executives are too cheap to get any other X Men to appear in this. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: and then there's does like a, there's a joke about like. They go, oh, we're going to go meet Professor X. And he's like, oh, is it going to be Patrick Stewart or that other guy? Because <laughs> <laughs> they have two actors playing him now in the yeah. timeline. It's all, he's He goes, oh, it's so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was good. I like Colossus in it as well. Oh, he's funny. Yeah. The one thing I didn't like, and John agreed with me on this, is that the final battle is like way bigger than it needs to be. For what was kind of a personal story, yeah. Probably. And then it the, takes the final the same battle set is just
0: from the um, from the ending of Days of Future Past, which is yeah.
4: weird. It's just the big epic explosions and shit, mm. so over the top, and just like what? He's just he's just trying to save one person and fight mm. this asshole who he really hates. yeah. There's only like four people. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, but yeah, it was okay. Like I've maybe cooled on it in the weeks since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I, li- I finally listened to disc two the new Dream Theater album. And? And on, after first listen, I sent a PM to you going, well, that sure was more of the same. Yeah. And then I spent like all weekend listening to that album over and over. Trying
3: to find <laughs> meaning in
4: I'm... any of it. <laughs> kind of, but kind of really liking parts of it.
3: Yeah, you're just telling yourself that. You're just trying to justify it to yourself now?
4: Well, I'm seeing them in concert in a month or so, so I They're think gonna... that'll be a good show. They're going to play the whole thing.
3: Oh, God! <laughs>
4: That's no! their whole tour now. <laughs>
3: it's like, I would just like, like, oh, great, I've got Dream Theater tickets. They're only playing the Astonishing front to back. I'm burning my Dream Theater tickets. No.
4: I mean, that'll be a fun show when you're really 110% focused on them. and Yeah they probably oh, yeah, have a whole big production doing. going behind it. Like I have to read the lyric booklet to actually figure out what the fuck happened in the story. It's a real,
3: it's, pretty, it does seem pretty dumb. though. It is real dumb. Music, music saved the world. That's the, that's the story.
4: <laughs> I like, there's that one song on the second disc that ends with the scream. That's the best one. <laughs> It's this weird moment where like all the music cuts out and it's just James like, ah, like, yeah. It it it's one of the few moments that really makes an impression your first listen where you're like, whoa, what? Wait, dude. Yeah. Have it, you ever it,
2: listened to um, Smash Mouth All Star without the backing <laughs> instrumentals? No, but that sounds
4: terrifying. Somebody
2: was told me. <laughs>
3: Oh man, Guy, yeah. Fieri, Guy Fieri is such a good singer.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah, that album is still just like the the Dark Souls of difficult music <laughs> albums to parse Because yeah. it is just... There's
3: so much of it.
4: There is it, so much of it, but even then, it's not just how much it is, it's, it's also that it's all these little four-minute songs, which kind of exhaust you when you listen to them all back-to-back. And it's the fact that there's, like, no hooks, no choruses, no anything. It's just one huge musical piece that so never gets if, you a, a break.
2: If it's, it's the Dark Sim- Souls of albums, um, if you get to a point in the song that you don't comprehend, do you have to rewind to the beginning of the track? <laughs> the, sure. The last bonfire.
4: You lose all well, of that's, the progress. I listen to the album and I go, I just don't quite get it. And I just restart the whole thing. <laughs> Got respect.
2: <laughs> oh get this Zvi Hunter. There you go. You, you get a record needle. Uh, get it on vinyl. And get a record needle shaped like a Zvi Hunter. <laughs>
3: there you go. I, I'll I'll loan you my turntable.
2: Upgrade strength. It'll help you. <laughs> That'd be
3: a pretty badass looking record player. That would be. <laughs> yeah, I like that
4: album. It has good moments but it's it's literally a difficult listen because it's so long and exhausting because i've never really liked stuff that's a ton of short little songs because i think like a bunch of 4 minute songs just feels longer than a couple 12 minute songs right and, and it's, it's like,
3: like and it's like none of the songs are really all that different it's all yeah. riding the same pretty much vibe the whole time mm-hmm
4: I mean, I tried to make a little shorter playlist that was about an hour long and just like the more metal songs, and like it's more listenable, but it's like still kind of the same. And like, there's no connective tissue between it, so yeah. it's tricky.
3: I don't know. It's it's way more interesting than the last album, though. Well, yeah, about anything like, is more <laughs> interesting. A toothache is more interesting than the <laughs> Asteroid <drink> Theater album. <laughs> So I've re-listened to that twice since
4: then. It's just like, yeah, I just don't feel anything for this one.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that's so weird coming off of, like, a dramatic turn of events. Yeah. Which is like, you figure, like, it was like, a dramatic turn of events was their album with the the new drummer. And you think, that would be the one that might be a little lackluster. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're missing one of their main creative forces. But no, like, that's the good album. And then the album they make after that is the
4: Garbage album. Yeah, that's really weird. Another thing I've seen people bitching about is that Mike Mangini, like the mixing on the new album. He is super low. Like you can barely hear the drums or the cymbals. Yeah, they're pretty low. It's not a good mix. I think... (laughs) It's a good mix besides the drums being very low, maybe.
3: Yeah, it's all right. Like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't think that anything sounds bad and I it's yeah. not and it's not completely brick walled into oblivion. Yeah. Uh but the drums are just so far back that it's just like, why would that why would they make
4: that decision? Like somebody pointed out the symbols and I'm like literally trying to listen going. Yeah, like, like Do it, I hear symbols there, like you they're... can hardly hear symbols at all. It's really weird. So people say live is very different because of that.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Well, I'll be expecting you to take a camcorder and set it up. Oh, yeah. Get a direct feed from their uh, sound guy. You'll be good. (laughs) Yeah, the DVD will be good when they release it next year, probably. Yeah, they do like 12 live DVDs a year, so.
4: (laughs) Polly, can I ask you a question?
3: You can ask me a question. Do you
4: like anime? It's
3: all right. I like anime. I... (laughs) I think anime can be okay at times. You're not
4: going to take 10 minutes to answer the question like Patrick Klepek did the other day.
3: <laughs> Just agonizing over it. Like he literally work. screamed. Yeah, he literally screamed. Got up from his chair. Ah! When Undertale asked him if anime was real. <laughs> no, it was do like anime was when oh. he really. That's the one. Yeah. It's amazing
4: the reactions that game gets from people. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't—he didn't hesitate at all on the final question in the neutral ending, right? But <laughs> agonized over do you like anime? Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> and then agonized again over is anime real? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've kind of been getting back into anime,
3: kind of yeah. way.
4: Define kinda. Woo! I watched some stuff and I didn't like or hate no. all of it. Oh, okay. Um, I watched part of some so- some this Gordon
2: Gordon Shumway
4: some show called dagashi kashi dagashi kashi um, sure this is proof to me that they will make an anime out of fucking anything uh oh <laughs> because this is a show
2: about... is this a, is this a show about kashi cereal like all organic ingredients
4: no, it's a show about dagashi which I guess are, like, these cheap five-cent candies in Japan. Oh, my
3: God. And it's just... It's mind numbingly boring.
4: I but wanna, it, has, an but anime. it has cute girls, and that's why people watch it.
3: I want an anime about the Fat Kakashi.
4: <laughs> That'd be mm-hmm. much better.
2: i gonna make an anime about fucking capsule toys. i sure an anime. That's, sure that's been done. There's I'm an gonna anime make...
3: about candy right now, so
2: why fuck not? And make an anime about that marble and that one japanese soda that's got the fucking marble in the bottle right
4: <laughs> maybe they reference that on the show later on because <laughs> it's like there's like a 10 minute monologue about like this one kind of lifesaver looking thing that when you put between your lips you can whistle through it right it's yeah the show is just so boring to me i'm just like why don't you just make it up ep- an anime about everlasting gobstoppers or
3: something. (laughs) Yeah, like, make an anime and make, like, the eternal question of which end of the chocolate cornet is the head. What? Yeah,
4: that sounds like a bad idea. That's
2: probably a bad idea. (laughs) So yeah, two Make an anime about how many legs it takes to get to the center of a (laughs) kid's
3: pub. Hopefully this anime will let us figure it out. And it's got cute little Molly girls so they can demonstrate.
2: It, it it's got a it's got Mr. L personified as a Moe girl. That's giving a... Me one, all... a
3: two, Ooh.
4: so two episodes. of That I'm like, you know what? I haven't laughed at this at all. It's supposed to be a comedy, so <laughs> you're done. Probably good. Probably good. Bad. Yeah, that's that's about all I could take. Um, Usually good. Bad. <laughs> I have found the limit for how lazy I can be at times. Oh no! With the next show. Uh oh. Which is Red Data Girl, which is a show I downloaded it in 2013, and never wow. got and never got around to watching. Uh huh. But then I got Netflix, and it uh-huh. was on Netflix, and I said sure, and just hit play. Because <laughs> opening the folder was too hard, but when you literally put it in front of
3: me, and I'm She's like, like oh, ah, fine. whatever. Yeah. Netflix uh, makes it real easy to sit there and be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And my review of this
4: show would be Eh, whatever. <laughs> oh. Ouch. Um The premise of this show, when I originally heard of it, like several years ago, mm-hmm. kind of made it sound like Lane. Oh. Where it's like this young girl who can't interact who has issues with technology because like everything breaks when she touches it. Yeah. So I just kind of had it in my head that this show was sort of similar to Lane, mm-hmm. and it's like the furthest thing possible because this is like the most Japanese-ass Japanese show I have ever seen, where it's like the main girl is actually this reincarnation of the Himegami who's like this spirit DDD who might end the world in the future, and there's like a time travel thing. Um, spirit DDD. Yeah, whatever. There's <laughs> like a mountain god who's like a crow who guards the mountain... And then can merge with people and give them wings. Um, she goes so to the school. We, name, sh- her, we name her Red is
2: it, Bull. Is it Death Note? <laughs> no, but there there is a
4: Shikinami who is summoned by another student at the school she goes to, and everybody there is like some sort of magician, and they're all like secretly competing with each other in the shadows. And there's like one guy with like the big Japanese staff with like rings on it, and he hits the <laughs> hits it into the ground, and like, oh. Do, ten, sen, bo. he's like casting mantras and shit it's oh just my like God. so this is and then they literally like don't bring up the she breaks technology stuff when she touches it until like the second to last episode again what? like it's in episode 1 and 11 or something <laughs> they hand her a cell phone and she's like I can't do it oh it works I'm normal now like it's so it's... It wasn't what I expected, but it, like, it wasn't unwatchable, unwatchable, but it was kind of boring, and I never quite understood what the fucking point was. Was
3: it Slice of Life, or were
1: no. there
4: battles,
3: or... Drama
4: slash... I mean, there are some battles, like drama slash romance, maybe? I don't know. It's... Sounds dumb. I can't believe I watched all of it. It, it was...
2: sounds like an anime that was made to show to white people be like this is what anime is like it has to hit a bullet list of shit that anime has
4: maybe I don't know it's just it was so weird like it's so so steeped in Japanese like culture and stuff because then like they're traveling between different planes of reality and they're like being spirited away
3: and stuff oh, sp- and then there's <laughs> like an anime. A,
2: there's a dragon like, yeah it's, it's like how
3: do you even localize something like that I don't know. It just sounds like a localization nightmare waiting to happen. They just say, you know, just do a direct translation
4: because the only people who are going to put through this shit are
3: giant weebs. four weebs. Yeah. Like
4: Sayara. <laughs> Sayara would love this show. Not just yeah. not really. Um, not so not then, enough idle girls for him. No, oh. definitely not enough idle girls. Um, And then I finally watched a show I liked. Oh. <laughs> which was called Gate. And I held off on this show for a while because it has literally like the exact same premise from a show I watched a few years ago that I didn't like. Uh-huh. So I'm like, wow, they're just remaking that again. But like when you actually watch them, they handle the premise totally differently. Mm-hmm. But the premise of each show, the other one is called Outbreak Company. Um, the premise is that a portal to another world that's like D&D fantasy, like elves and dragons and shit has opened in Japan, of course. Mm. And in both shows, the Japanese military sends an otaku over to sort things out. Because that makes sense. Because that yeah. makes sense. So, yes. And then wh- where they differ is that in, in Outbreak Company, they open up a school to teach the people there about anime and manga so that they can import it and <laughs> control their culture through the power of anime. And it's really fucking stupid. Yeah. So this show doesn't do that. In this show, the gate opens and a bunch of like orcs and dragons and shit come pouring out and start killing people. And then, then the Japanese military mobilizes
0: and just fucking wipes them out.
2: Oh, well, okay. oh, geez. Yeah. So it's like Shadowrun.
0: I, I kind of heard there was a bit of a weird sort of nationalist streak yeah. to this show. Yeah. It's kind oh, of uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So then,
4: the Japanese army responds and goes through the gate and continues to fucking annihilate the armies of the people on the other side of the gate. Oh no. I bet I know where this is going. And I almost started to think like, is this like a weird middle Eastern parallel? Because right away, then they're talking about like, they have refugee camps set up. They've killed like all the local leaders of government. Like the Kings are dead. And the, but then it kinda of doesn't go in that direction. It's more like, oh man, the Japanese army is so cool and strong and they, oh, they're no. the heroes that saved everybody. Oh, oh no. Man. So that aspect That's not comfortable. But this is also a show where they shoot a dragon with a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also really dumb
0: and stupid. So it's like, yeah, I can times. get into that. I can get uh-huh. into that. Yeah. It's not like America doesn't have tons of, like, military porn shows. Yeah. Like. So this is
4: definitely a military porn show, but also with, like, anime girls and stuff. Like, one of the girls <laughs> is this thousand-year-old death god with a giant scythe. And there is one scene where she just fucking goes to town on some military guys. <laughs> and it's oh, not the most violent scene I've ever seen in terms of gore, because Elfin Light will oh. always hold that crown. Right. But in terms of like brutality and impact, it's definitely up there. i just like, holy fuck. And this was the hot Springs episode. Oh,
3: wow. <laughs> where things went very badly. Sounds like it. That is not a time at a hot Springs that I would call a good time. No. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's, it kind of reminds me of code Gias and where it's just like a crowd pleaser show because, it's throwing so much shit at the screen.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Just kind of like something for everybody. Yeah. And the fan service, like,
4: is way toned down to, compared to most anime these days where it's not like every girl's getting naked and shit and boobs. Like, it's it's restrained to a point in that degree. That's good.
2: So, so there's boobs every five seconds as opposed to no. two <laughs> seconds. It's restraint. Yeah.
4: And unfortunately, they did the thing where they aired 12 episodes and then took a season off and aired the second 12. And we're currently in the middle of that second 12. So I thought, oh, I'll just watch the first season and then stop.
3: Oh. And and there's
4: like literally nothing resolved in the middle there. (laughs) Oh, good. It's like, oh, great. Now I've got to wait like a month for the second season to end. Oh, you poor baby.
0: I know you and your first world problem and Anna, it's <laughs> still agonizing because um the third the whole third part of the second season of Darabara is out, but there's no dub yet. It's been like two or three months since the since it finished. Oh, wait, and,
4: did it finish?
0: Oh, I should watch that now. Yeah, it's been I, a month I, and a half since it's finished, and now there's and there's still uh, no dub for poor Anna.
2: If there's I had... anything like Bakano, I could watch the dub, and I'm still not going to know what's going on. Bakano dub is so good,
4: though. Oh,
0: it really is good. Bara is kind of like Bakano, but it's a little less. It's a little harder to follow because it's yeah. a lot more
2: characters <laughs> and longer. A lot more harder to follow.
4: I had the opposite problem with Anna, where I go, "Oh, duh, Season two is up on Netflix." Oh, it's dub only. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, gate is pretty interesting. It's not amazing, but it's a fun time. Cool. cool.
2: So, so is this show very scandalous? What do you mean? Because it's a gate. No. Gate, gate's oh, a scandal. Oh it's, every, everything's <laughs> a scandal. Is a gate. It's the gate gate. Well, it doesn't have some
0: pretty weird politics, so, you know, if there was a controversy about that, it would be the gate gate. I swear the president in the show for America kind of looks like a Donald
4: Trump. (laughs) (laughs) So
3: that's what I've been doing. That's all you've been up to? Anime. Anime. Silly kids and your little anime John. What have I been up to? Wiggle butt fire.
2: Wiggle, wiggle. This is um, John Shante Thayer because when John. she crouches, she wiggles her butt.
1: Point, point.
0: I noticed that looking at while watching a, looking at a long play while you're talking about it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this sure is what Oops. you are saying. Yep. What have you been doing, John? Make it snappy. All right. What have I been doing? All right. Let's do this. I think probably the two biggest things. Um, I watched all of Habine Renme with Anna.
3: That's a damn good show.
0: It's a damn good show! I, I was watching it for the second time, but I hadn't seen it in ages. Right, right. That show's really beautiful. From, like, not only just from,
3: like, I think a message standpoint and mm. and, and characters and story and themes, but just visually, like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen another show quite as striking as mm-hmm. uh, Haibane Renmei.
1: Abe! <sighs> God. So,
3: it's so visually striking.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, it's just... It's one of those just, like, um, fantasy anime shows that's just very subdued and really heavy on character and theme and has a really intensely symbolic, beautiful ending that leaves you kind of shivering and teary.
3: <laughs> and it never, like, bothers to answer those questions that most people who... What want immediate gratification, mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't answer stuff like, you know, what is beyond the wall, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't need to know. Like mm-hmm. that's not the point of the show at all. It's just symbolic.
0: Yeah. Like the I guess like when I tried to tell Anna what the show is, I was like, oh it's about a bunch of angels stuck in purgatory. But then it never like even explicitly says anything to that effect that it no. is about angels in there purgatory. Are,
3: there are a lot of 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 theories about why, you know, Mm -hmm. the the angels are there, Mm -hmm. you know, and if it is purgatory. Like, a lot of people think that it has to do, like, with people who committed suicide. You Mm -hmm. know, like, if you committed suicide, that's where you go. And, Mm -hmm. you know, earning your wings represents the ability to go over the wall at some point.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's kind of what I... Yeah, we grasped a lot of that stuff, especially with, um, at least certainly for Reki's character. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's Mm -hmm. all about... It's a lot of stuff about death. It's a lot of stuff about depression. Oh, yeah. It's crushing. Depression. And it is just... Yeah, it's kind of the best, like, my favorite kind of anime. Just, like,
3: like a lot of themes of, like, being left behind uh, mm -hmm. and and dealing with loss. And it's a lot of really tough things that like when you look at the art for the show it's like wow it's real pretty i'm gonna watch this and then it's like ooh, mm-hmm. this is yeah i didn't a expect and i didn't
0: re- i didn't realize and Anna i didn't remember and Anna certainly didn't expect just how heavy that show can be yeah like i thought i was i remember it being very chill and subdued because it's not like it's not kogiass. So it's not <laughs> throwing <up laughs> shit everywhere um but it's jesus yeah it's it's the kind of anime that just, like I said, is just kind of my favorite kind of anime, like Utena or Lane or Wolf's Rain or um, Princess Mononoke. Just all that the stuff that just sits real heavy on your heart in a good way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think John would like, um, have, have you ever seen Moribito?
0: No, I haven't. I've heard of it.
2: Like it's a it's Makely. a fantasy thing, but it's not like um I mean it's like kind of subdued fantasy, like sort of Lord of the Ringsy, but it's not about like there's dragon ass fucking dragons everywhere. <laughs> it's just like no, it's like more of a spirit world thing. We have this quest we've gotta go deal with, but it's not like we gotta destroy the ultimate mm-hmm. evil, it's like more of a subdued thing. I, I cool. you know might wanna check it out. It's from
0: two thousand seven. Wasn't that the best year for anime like ever?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I believe I
0: watched Moribito on
2: That's- uh, that's not nineteen ninety
0: eight. <laughs> yeah, I watched
3: Mori Beto on uh, Boner's recommendation, I believe. Cool.
2: Yeah, it was pretty good.
0: Cool. I, I've been kind of wanting to watch something that I haven't seen with Anna, because then there's no like weird pressure on Anna. Like I'm where I'm sitting next to her. Like, oh, is she gonna like it? Is she gonna like it? Oh, I hope she likes it because <laughs> oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. And I and I try not to give off that, you know, effect, but you know it's there. <laughs> Oh, and Malsa uh, is, is what, a
3: fantastic lead character, by the way. Malsa oh, yeah. is
2: so good.
0: If there's any two other shows I will kind of want to share with Anne at some point, it's probably Wolf's Reign and Evangelion. But those are... Whew.
2: John, you <laughs> should just watch anime with your with your hands down your pants with a beer and just be like, oh, yeah, all right. I don't care if you like it or not. <laughs> right, whatever.
0: <laughs> Let's see. I think our favorite shows we watch together are... Um, Bakano, Daraura, um Princess Tutu, Oran High School Host Club. Um Utena Utena is our favorite. Yeah. And uh Utna. Uh, no, I said Utena. Leave me alone. I'm trying to I, I I'm know. trying to do right by you, Polly. I'm trying to do right by you. I, I saw that Uran is on Netflix. I'll probably watch that very soon and Ann and I have probably watched Oran through like like 15 times or something. I watched I watched
1: the first episode <laughs> Look, we of that. just it's really a girl <laughs> click it's,
0: okay yeah I get I get you I get you okay yeah that yeah but <laughs> here's something you don't know
2: about me John yeah I don't like anime <laughs>
0: and just called from across the room problematic faith.
2: <laughs>
0: <About Ron. laughs> wait, does it get better oh Oron's so good Oran's okay. so funny' that, yeah, yeah, the description on Netflix was the basically, but she's really a or he's oh, really no she. The, and I'm like actually oh, I think Oran probably has the worst Netflix summary like of all time, yeah, it's terrible
2: it, is it better it, it, is it's it better than about, the description of the Wizard of Oz? It's like a girl like. A, a girl goes to a land, a foreign land, kills the first person she sees, and then teams up with a gang to kill again.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The description is like running a gigolo is a great way to make money for no. a high school boy. The problem this is, is a, he's a she.
0: This is oh, not oh a geez. movie. This is not a show. But uh, there actually there is um, I I don't know how to nav. I can't really navigate the politics with um. Uh, I think the main character. Um, What's Haruhi? He Haruhi, yeah. yeah. I was like, what's the name of that other show? Everyone like Haruhi. Dragon. <laughs> um, I think she's just amazing and really, really funny and chill. Just the whole show. Um, so I, I think how they navigate gender there is pretty okay. They're, um her dad is a um, is um, a drag queen, and he's in like two oh, episodes, yeah. and those are those are the tactless episodes i think for sure yeah i can that's shitty how they handle that um i think how they handle her here herself is pretty well done though um so i don't want to make excuses for that chunk of the show at all um but besides that and i really like oran high school host Club a lot um but wait where were we
3: you're wrapping up high redman
0: okay <laughs> i really like anime um, okay. Finally Red is really good. Yep. All right, I think that's it. Okay. And uh, not for everything I did. Obviously, I have much more to talk about there. Oh boy. Um, I finally figured out TurboGrafx 16 emulation.
3: It's not that really hard to do.
0: <sighs> no, it's not, but Magic Engine, which is like the big one, I think, costs money and I was just like, "Fuck you."
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I, I never I understood think.
0: that. Yeah. So then I was then I was like I guess I can never ever use Magic Engine until I realize that I, I'm emulating anyway. So I just stole Magic Engine.
1: There you <laughs> go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's like, oh, this isn't actually that morally complicated. No,
3: it's, it's complicated.
0: Already, I, I'm already a sinner. I'm already going to hell here.
4: Exactly. Hey, I've so, got legal backups right here. <laughs> there you go. I've got the originals.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If any, um, so just in case any. Sinister government agents are listening through all of our podcasts for evidence of wrongdoing. Rhett's
3: Rett, just borrowing John's TurboGrafx games is all.
0: So I like went hunting for a bunch of cool TurboGrafx games and I sampled a bunch of them. I played a good bit of Devil's Crush, which is obviously just hella cool. Uh, yeah, It's like <laughs> satanic pinball.
3: It's really, just, really good.
0: Thank you. Yes. The only TurboGrafx games I've played before... We're, um, I have a little bit of the Splatterhouse port, which is like the arcade Splatterhouse, but without all the gore. Yeah. So, what's it, the point? We, so, what's the fucking point?
2: And the
4: mask is red. Yeah. Ugh. For some reason. Ugh. Wait, really? So, that game is goryer because I've only played the TurboGrafx one?
0: It's fine. It's fine. It's just that, yeah, the um, arcade version is much gorier. It's great. Yeah. yeah. The first boss room is just like strewn in viscera. It's gorgeous. Yeah,
4: pretty grody.
0: I will it's say, pretty-
4: as a kid, whenever that game came out, probably like eight or nine, that game still freaked me out enough. That and like
0: Abadox, yeah. <laughs> um, and I played, but obvi- um, then the, I played two TurboGrafx-16 games: Castlevania: Rondo of Blood, which is the best Castlevania game, and um,
2: you're wrong, but okay.
0: <laughs> uh, well, which one do you like better? <laughs>
2: Anything but Rondo of Blood. I feel like that game's overrated. But go ahead. I
0: think your face is overrated. Um, <laughs> he doesn't wow. like
2: anime, so I'm gonna come so. down there and <laughs> Rondo of Blood is overrated. That's I'm you. He you into a pile That's of That's you.
3: Don't worry, Boner. I'll give you his address. All right. Um,
0: and then you
1: fight it's not death. Castlevania on top three like, is all oh, I'm saying.
2: You f- oh
0: fuck you in <laughs> Castlevania three. <That's- laughs> Rondo of Blood is like a good version of Castlevania. 3. Like Rondo
2: of Butt, God,
0: God, Dracula's Curse. What does that have to fucking do with it? Whatever. You know what? You fight Death on top of like a boat mass, and if he hits you, then you fall and you fall down into the water and like scrolls down with you.
2: Oh, fall and, fall and takes away your safety nets. There's no net under the. Clock. I'm not
0: talking about any fucking safety nets. You know, fucking whatever. The game is the Mega Man X to Castlevania. Like, shit, man, that game's real good, and I also played Gate of Thunder, which is fantastic. Gate uh, of Thunder's real good. It's so fast. Yes, fast. and that that soundtrack really works. It it talk about Red Book that
3: it sit, Red Book really fucking really
0: works. works.
2: Yep. Oh, it, it, John, <laughs> I just, I just want to say um, <laughs> when I reviewed O'Dallus, the Dark Call on Steam. Um, mm-hmm. I think I made like a sideways swipe, at Rondo of Blood, just like, you know, it's like the kind of game that this was going for if that game was actually good. And then an anonymous person commented on it and said, it's like, uh, yeah, I agree with your view of Veldell's, but I think you're wrong about Rondo of Blood not being good. And um, now I'm wondering if that was you.
1: <laughs> no, know, was it wasn't me. I'm, I'm, I'm you just said, with I you. I remember I'm, when
0: you, I went to a stream and said that I just finished Dracula X for the SNES. And you were like, that's a bad game. And I was like, yep. Thumbs up there about her.
2: actually Um, i think freezing inferno likes that likes dracula x for this that's
0: that's fine i saw one person who's like i like the aesthetics of dracula x better than rondo blood (laughs) okay that's fine we can be agree to disagree about who's right and who's wrong and you are wrong about dracula x but we all know the gain of thunder is really good right sure cool i haven't played it oh okay Gate of Thunder is real good. I want to play Lords of Thunder at some point. And I just want to actually play Gate of Thunder again because that game I haven't played in ages, actually. Um, So I downloaded a bunch of TurboGrafx games and I wanted to. um, I beat Bonk's Adventure.
3: That's a really fun Mm. platformer.
0: It's really cute. I really like it. I played the first half or so of um, Bonk's Revenge before realizing it had limited continues, unlike the first game. And I think it's a lot better. It feels kind of tighter and the animations and sprite work is better is nicer the um stages are a little more interesting i think they're less they're less flat kind of
3: yeah yeah the first game's stages are pretty um straightforward yeah right? flat and straightforward not super great
2: yeah do
3: you know when box adventure came out
2: like 99? like 91
3: one no 91 mm.
0: 89 maybe jeez Well, cuz I thought you said eighty one and I was like, What? <laughs> no, it's not that early.
1: But basically it's eighty nine. Damn.
4: That definitely predated Super Mario World then. Yeah. And I mean, like Polly's, Polly's talked about how like one of her biggest moments was when you see that huge bullet bill yeah. in Super Mario World and the, like box adventure was kind of that game for me where it's like, Oh my god, I've never seen like big expressive sprites <laughs> like this before.
2: Yeah, um, when you get to like that first boss.
4: Yeah. Yeah, the bosses in that game are huge. That and game was kind took.
2: of a big deal coming off the NES, but there were few. I knew of like one person um, growing up that had yeah. a Turbo Graphics and yeah. had that game. And then it's like when you see all the NES, like like you said, the Bullet Bill in uh, Super Mario World. It's like, wow, this is okay. This is like sixteen bit ass sixteen bit game. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the TurboGrafx couldn't do parallax
2: backgrounds either, so... Oh, that would... Well, that well, would. Wasn't, it, wasn't it something where it was like the the main processor was 16-bit, but the graphics processor was actually 8-bit? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a
4: funny thing when you find out years later, oh, TurboGrafx-16 <laughs> was actually kind of a lie, like Jaguar wasn't... Yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> you either. find
2: out later, bits don't matter for shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God, couldn't, Didn't some NES games do parallax... Yeah. Like, Crisis Force and Mega Man 5? To be, it
3: had to be specifically coded, and, like, from what I understand, it was a pain in the ass to do, so they didn't yeah. do it a lot.
4: Yeah, Metal God. Storm does it, too.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm,
4: for Metal a Storm. second there, though, when when John was saying, didn't some NES games do it? Like, Crisis? I thought you meant Crisis, like the shooter. <laughs> and I thought an NES version of that would be really funny. Oh, no, I meant Crisis
0: Force.
3: Crisis Force. Force.
0: <laughs> But yeah, Bonk's Adventure is really cute. Bronx Revenge looks even cuter. Um, and then I kind of dabbled with a number of other TurboGrafx games like uh um, The third Bonk game is bad. Yeah, I've heard that. I figured I I'd, don't really like it at all. I figured I'd just kind of rest after Bronx Revenge. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of fell off those as well around then.
4: There's the Super Nintendo one.
3: I don't remember if it was
4: any good. Uh, it was
0: all right. Mm-hmm. Not the best thing in the world, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. kind of. I think there were NES remixes of the first game, NES and Game Boy remixes of the first game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Net, um not Natsume. Hudson. They're they don't sound at all alike. No.
1: Not <laughs> even close.
0: I was like, they were a lot more generous than Sega because they'd put their games out on the competitor system.
4: Actually, there's a turbo graphics version of Fantasy Zone though. Yep. What? Oh that's funny.
1: Which
4: I guess is the one don't. I had as a kid, and I'm just like, oh, I had no so I had no idea for like twenty years that was a Sega system.
2: There's also a, a TurboGrafx version of Altered Beast. Oh, really, weird. I
0: don't. I don't have that
2: one. I think it's actually worse than the Genesis version. <laughs> 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 Wouldn't surprise me.
0: Um, so if I think I think Rhett gave me a few suggestions like Parasol Stars, which was the yeah. actual Bubble Bobble follow-up. Yeah. And Psychosis, which you're right, looks very aesthetic. So
4: yeah, uh, like literally, no one besides me will recommend that game because it's not actually very good. But it's just a, a game that freaked me out as a kid because it's so atmospheric for so a shooter. you have
0: Turbo Graphics?
4: Oh yeah, I've like I've almost a lot of games at least. Turbo Graphics, a 3DO,
3: and a Jaguar.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't have the Jaguar anymore. Actually, oh, that's
1: I
0: right.
4: I technically don't have the Jaguar or 3DO anymore, but I have, still have some games. Right. That's,
0: that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I think if I keep up on the spree, um, there's the compile um, Spriggan is a compile schmup, so those. Are oh yeah, great. blazing
4: lasers as well.
0: Blazing lasers, superstar. It's amazing. Airs Blazing yeah,
4: lasers. Yeah, it has a different name in Japan. I don't know what it is though. So.
0: And the legendary axe. But good.
2: It is, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's probably
0: it. You guys call me racist.
2: Uh, no. What? What that's, about? That's how it? they say
3: English words. Yeah. Wait. Like, what about what, what he said was racist? Rhett <laughs> gone katakana. Come on. <laughs>
0: So, Turbo Graphics is real cool, and I, I'm just kind of starting to realize that again. So there's a it.
4: reason I never reviewed every shmup for it because there's too damn many. Yeah. It's, <laughs>
3: it's like every every second game on the TG16 is uh, is, is a shmup.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is the follow up, and this was the PC Engine in Japan, and the follow up to the PC88 and the PC98, yep. which I spent a ton more time looking into. <laughs> Because I was a big part of like my retro Japanese PC games kick.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't make the connection that those uh, systems were all in c joint.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: maybe that's why I was, mixing, I was n- mixing it up with Natsumi. So, um,
2: how is how is the state of Turbo Duo emulation?
0: Um, I haven't like, tried any CD thing. games on it. Um, all the. Uh, Regular game, all the 16 games I've pl- tried have been worked great. But yeah, I might try. I have Gate of Thunder on my Wii, which I actually have hooked up. <laughs> so I might play it that way, or I could try getting it working on um, Magic Engine. Cool. Um, What else? I played a shit ton of um, Rastan. I guess not really a shit ton, but a little bit. I got to stage four. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That game's really neat, it's pretty it- good. Yeah. It's I like, like it. it's cool to play like real old kind of trend setting arcade games like that and then have them kinda actually hold together. And now
3: play Volgar the Viking for a better version of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: no, I mean it's... it's just it's just neat and kind of cute and fun to play. Oh actually
3: it really is. I, I really like Rastan. Like
0: that. That's still it feels like I played a bunch of Strider and um that's real fun and a lot more kind of flashy. Yeah. but it um it killed me a bunch more in ways that made me feel worse. Yeah, <laughs>
2: um, yeah. It Strider's... felt like it wasn't
0: quite holding together quite as well as Restan in comparison.
2: Is Strider that... also uh, go ahead.
0: I think that Strider kind of
3: like as a game as a whole just kind of falls apart because I think that like the swinging and the running up walls mechanics stuff start to like I don't think the controls can
0: quite hand uh, can, can quite handle and keep up with it. Mm, I feel like it probably peaks in stage two, where you run down the hill and jump up, and then the music changes as you crawl into the airship. Yeah, that's real cool shit. Mm, it's so. I think um, Eric John like was like, yeah, Str- I, I compared Strider and Re- Reston, and he was like, yeah, it's like Reston, but with the cyber aesthetic and cross with Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs>
2: Strider also got a didn't get a PC Engine CD port that added like a bunch of anime cutscenes that weren't seen in any other version. I think so, properly. yeah. Cool. And and also, um, a Zero Wing got a PC Engine port that was, yep. um had anime cutscenes that had nothing to do with cats or all your base or belong to us or any of that shit, which was added to the Mega Drive version, which no cutscenes whatsoever were even seen in the arcade version. No. Weird. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so these games are
2: weird.
0: There's probably oh, an alternate universe somewhere. Up. I was mixing it up with Snatcher. Oh, what? <laughs> Dragon and Snatcher? Well, they sound oh, the same. God. They're not the same game, though.
2: No, they're not. There's probably an alternate universe somewhere where PC Engine got more popular than Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis, and that's that's the console everybody talks about when they say, "Oh yeah, remember those 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 2D games that yeah," and then the like the PC games that those consoles couldn't have run, but they say it looks just like a PC Engine. Mm-hmm.
0: Eric like, John, it seems like today it seems like the Super Nintendo. Um, the idea is that the Super Nintendo soundly trounced the competition. And then I talked to some people who were, like, actually around in that time, and they said that it felt pretty even Yeah, with the Genesis. I, I didn't and have Genesis. a Super Nintendo
2: growing up. I was a Genesis kid all the way, but I had an NES before then.
0: Gotcha.
1: It's yeah, definitely yeah.
4: weird, because it's like Genesis was leading until... I think the Saturn came out and Sega kind of moved yeah.
1: out.
4: And,
3: and then the 32X. Yeah. Mm.
4: But it's, it's just like Sega, Nintendo waited an extra year to get into the next generation. So I think in that time, the
2: SNES pulled ahead of the, yeah. the FS6 could...
0: and Chrono Trigger. And, yeah, part of it's probably just how much people love 16-bit RPGs.
2: Well, and, you look you yeah, looked at. um. Yeah. You look at Genesis games that were out in, like, 89, and they're just, like, watered-down arcade ports, like Altered Beast on the Genesis. Who the fuck wants to play that? And then the SNES comes out, and you got your Super Mario World. You got your, you know, your your better Street Fighter port on the home consoles. Um, And then, you know, I, I think Genesis didn't really hit its stride until, like, you, you know, you had your Sonic two, Sonic, and then Sonic three and Knuckles. Your, your mm-hmm. like Rocket Streets Knights, of Rage. Streets of Rage two, Castlevania, Bloodlines, uh, Contra mm-hmm. Hard Corps.
0: I think a lot of those first games, with like Streets of Rage, Sonic one, um, Ghouls and Ghosts, and some of the a lot more of the Sega stuff. I think those are really solid. I think that probably is sort of what set Sega going in a really good way moving forward. Yeah. Like I think, feel like games like Sonic Two and maybe even you know Streets of Rage Two and whatnot yeah. are the ones that get held up a lot today. But a those lot first of the games, magic is there. Yeah, from the
2: beginning. like 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 Green Dog on the Genesis. Who the fuck remembers that? You know, those were the things coming out early. It's like, and then Super Nintendo comes out. and It's like, nah, no, nah, this is sixteen bit era. You yeah. you had a sixteen bit console a couple of years before. Nobody oh, really and I, like
1: oh well, yeah,
2: fantasy the, yeah, one of the more boring fantasy star games
0: <laughs> we've uh, talked. I, don't, about I can't fantasy actually, star. I can't actually tell you that you're wrong yet about that one. So we'll, we'll get back to that.
2: But yeah, fantasy yeah. Star Four. Fantasy yeah. Star Four. We, yeah, <laughs> that game's pretty good. No secret as to um, where our allegiances lie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy Three. <laughs> Out of my fucking face! <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> Yeah,
4: I think the the Super Nintendo had to come out swinging because PC Engine and Genesis had
0: been doing it for a couple
4: years beforehand.
0: Mm -hmm. And they had Sonic the Hedgehog, and they had Bonk. Did they have Streets of Rage by then? Probably. Yeah. Streets Streets of Rage Rage one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. 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 Kid Chameleon. Ugh. (laughs) The Strider port on Genesis. I played
0: a. I played um. (laughs) A bunch more Final Fantasy Tactics. That That game's good.
1: good. Feel good.
0: I, right Did now, you beat him? I'm, no. <laughs> so I
3: heard you ran into my good pal Wygriff?
0: Yeah, I got to that fight and then got and then I was just like, oh fuck. Did he introduce <laughs> you to
3: World Revolution?
0: No, he didn't. He just, oh, is it the one? No, he just hit me with lightning stab twice and killed me. Oh, okay. I'll probably just go into night form and see if I can get it. I'm a monk right now, so I'll probably go into night and see if that is good.
3: Yeah, I finally ninjas.
0: got a ninja on my team.
3: Ninjas are cool.
0: Ninjas are cool.
3: Ninjas uh-huh. are awesome when you give them equipped sword from a knight.
1: Because mm-hmm. then,
3: oh, then they can dual wield knight class swords and <laughs> fuck shit up.
0: Cool. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Or you dupe? I don't. I don't have any casters. I don't have any casters. Just for whatever reason, oh. I think I got. It. I think someone said like, "Oh, black mages aren't good," and then I was like, "Oh, well, fuck."
3: No, black mages are pretty good.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> i think i think i'm having a good it's, there's only like five characters in a team you're going to any- want to
3: get you some casters and you're yeah. going to want to learn to use the the t- you're going to learn to use the turn order screen so like when you go in to cast a spell like when you're on the 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 page where you're getting ready to cast mm-hmm. oh i've hit, been using that hit right like just hit yeah. right and thumb over and it'll tell you if you're going to get your turn before the person you're trying to attack is going oh to attack. <clears throat>
0: oh that sounds really helpful
3: um, yeah, there a lot way- of people I see play that game don't use that feature, and they constantly misspell. And I'm like, just hit right.
0: Mm. Is there any way to know if I will be able to hit somebody with my attack if I move to a specific place before moving there and then being stuck there? No. Okay. So Only I just-
3: the Fire Emblem games actually got that right. Okay. Like they show that they show your entire movement range, and then they'll also show in red squares. Like where you will be able to attack if you move to that spot. That makes so
1: much sense. Um,
2: I want to say Sui Code and Tactics also kind of did the same thing. Yeah, but and, Advan- but and well, and the Advance Wars games, but that's not a RPG. It's. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I've never played Advance Wars. Oh, that's cool. Advance Wars is awesome. Just, cool. play, I can just play play Advance I can start with the first game right.
2: Play Advance Wars too. The first game's kind of too primitive, and yeah, then Advance Wars Days of Ruin is not very good.
0: Days of Ruin is the nah. grim dark one, right?
2: It's decent, I guess. But two is, like, if you only play one in your life, play Advance Wars 2. I don't like Dual Strike at all. Okay. Because they have Dual Strike missions
3: where you've got to conduct campaigns on the top and bottom screen at the same time. <laughs> and I just can't do it. Nintendo okay. DS oh. gimmicks! That's basically all it was. Drawing
2: satanic symbols in Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. Yeah.
0: Did anybody play Lost Magic? Did that game because that game just vanished. It was like a launch DS game where you draw the symbols to cast your spells in like a strategy type thing. Wow! And no I, one else played it.
3: I know what you're talking about, but I've uh, never played it.
0: I think I got to the final boss and quit. It was it was hard, but and just funny because that brought that up and that game just vanished from the world. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics is real good and real hard, but I will I will power through. You'll severe. I got I got stuck for a couple like four or five days on the um, fight a little bit before that with the guy's sister when she's introduced and in the other guy with the hell and heaven magic. Oh,
3: um, oh, Rafa and Moloch.
0: Yeah, the the fight where they're introduced is really fucking tough. It's brutal. Are you taking any time to like level up at all? Yeah, I've, I've some, gone backwards and done. I've gone some, backwards and done yeah. some random encounters. Yeah,
3: you'll do feel
1: like
0: get your party up a little bit. Yeah.
1: I I usually,
3: like, for the first two or three chapters of that game, like, I usually make sure everybody has the item
0: command, if that might Mm -hmm. help you any. Oh, yeah, I've been doing that. Um, I got Agrius, has her holy knight level maxed out, so she's the only one without item because I just swapped her to a knight um, and gave holy sword, so she's the only one without item. Um, And then I've got a ninja and a monk. And my two generic guys were mastered Geomancy, basically, because I really liked Geomancy. Geomancy has limited use. Okay, <laughs> damn. It's, I mean,
3: like, like a lot of the Geomancy spells have cool side effects, but mm-hmm. you've got to, like, rely on dice rolls for those effects to hit.
0: And then the damage isn't hot either. And the
3: damage is not so good.
0: Yeah. So, but they, dealt, they actually dealt really good physical damage for that point, so... Yeah. And I enjoyed that, um, but now I've got a ninja and a monk, and got and, God, and um, what's his face Ramza? He's a monk, and then I've got um, Gun Guy and Agrius. Cool. So Mustadio, you, should, Mastadio. you Mastadio. should get somebody
4: towards calculator.
0: Okay, because
4: they're real dumb.
0: Calculators
4: cool. are so stupid. Probably,
0: probably Mustadio, since he's just my chemist right now, and he's. Learned everything. I have everyone can use X-Potion now, so that feels good.
4: I think it was, like, Calculator and Black Mage was really
0: stupid.
3: Yeah. It's been a long time since that. It can be... You can get real broken with Calculators.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm not too worried about, like, fucking up my builds or whatnot, because I know that some of those later characters, like Ulandu, are kind of broken. Yeah,
3: you can't really really fuck it up, because there's nothing that, like... Because you can grind. Yeah, you just... Get but you points. could
4: get stuck if you don't have multiple save files. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. have
0: been making multiple save files. <laughs> Good. Yeah. That's, that's I'm smart. glad for that.
4: Draw that uh, sword.
0: Chapter two, Final Boss, gave me some trouble. Oh yeah. And the fight right before that where you finally kill the fucking um Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh
3: uh, scary. Those, f-
0: those fights. The ones where you're fighting people who have been like characters in the story with you. And then we're like on your team, and then you're fighting them. And Those ugh.
3: fights are rugged.
0: Oh, oh, that one asshole that kills, um, you know, the main, the other guy, his sister.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Tita. Hey, if I remember
0: Tita, but I don't remember the other guy's name.
3: Uh, um, um, Al- Algus.
0: Algus is the guy that kills her, but he's the other main character besides Ramza. Delita. Oh, uh, Delita. Del- Delita. Delita. Yeah, yeah. This game, the story is making a good impression on me, even though I'm (laughs) forgetting a lot of the names.
3: (laughs) The names are real all over the place in that game.
0: There's so many names. There's so many characters for a game where you don't actually like walk around towns or anything. It's just the fights and then the cutscenes during and in between the fights. It's a real together game and the way it presents its story is real classy.
2: I don't see how y'all uh plan the podcast where you talk about Final Fantasy tactics and you didn't have Byron Holcher as the guest.
1: Well instead I haven't of
2: again, so. <laughs> he, loves he loves me. that he game.
0: loves that game to death. <laughs> well, he's not really alone, <laughs> right?
2: That he really pretty
0: universally beloved.
3: loves that game.
0: Is Boner hinting that he doesn't like it? Yeah, I think that's what we're going for, Nico. <laughs> Man, everyone, just everyone loves that game. I swear to God, I don't think I've ever heard a negative opinion about Final Fantasy Tactics except from Austin. Um, (laughs) Of course. Of course. I
2: I didn't really get into it. Mm.
3: It's really
2: hard.
4: It's really hard. Yeah,
2: Yeah. it is really hard. That's why I didn't get into it.
0: (laughs) All tactics games are hard. I've never finished an SRPG. I've started the first the, the. GBA Fire Emblem. I've started um, Shining, Shining Force, Force 2. 2.
2: Shining Force 2. How'd you know all that? You, it's all you need.
0: I started <laughs> Shining Force 2 and then I died so, on the first level. Uh, <laughs> but that was early. I could probably go back to it now. I played some Shining Force 1 on my phone. Um, but yeah, I've never finished in SRPG. Wow. Um, I'll probably go. I, I have Fire Emblem Awakening, so I'll probably play that next because then I can make all of them kiss.
4: You should wait for rub- the patch that people are working on to make it all rub- gay.
0: Okay. Yes. Yeah. See, there's there's like good uses of piracy and <laughs> patches. There's like doing God's work is this is the gay patch instead of here. Let's put back in the conversion and touching games.
2: Rub their face. Uh,
0: and I played a shit ton of this old Game Boy Rogue called Cave Noir, uh-huh. that only came out in Japan, but it's really cute and good.
3: That's good.
0: It's by Konami. Wow! It's like it's the kind of thing that would be like really hot shit now if it made because roguelikes are hot shit. Yeah,
3: because that's kind of the thing now. Yeah. And
0: as someone who's played a shit ton of modern roguelikes, this game feels very tight and modern. Um, It's very well put together and just like bite-sized, five to ten minute max um, little roguelike challenges on a turn-based grid.
2: It's, it's real sound, well done. It sounds a lot like Princess Remedy in A World of Hurt.
0: Cool. I should play that because I like um, D- 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 Daniel Raymar. Uh,
2: yeah, it's, it, that's, that game's not a roguelike at all. It's more of a like a grid-based arena shmup. But that's yeah. kind of the effect. that's kind of what.
0: I'm
3: <laughs> and it has a Jenny Death reference in it. Somewhere. It does. Yeah. Oh my God. Cool. It, and cancer. you
2: can and you can pick a waifu at the end. Yep. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's censored, and I don't know if they took out the face rubbing mini game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I and this is just incidental but I played a shit ton of Super Hexagon way more than I have in a while and I actually beat one of my old records for the first time in like years.
3: I can't play that game.
0: I can not It either. makes
3: me makes me angry.
0: I've had three people come to me and be like, "I played the first two levels and why is it that why is the movement um gradient instead of just tap to move left one <laughs> sector and tap to move right one sector?" Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, that would make it way more fucking playable. That would make that would make a ton of sense for like the first two fucking levels, and then by the by the last level, you're moving like ten spaces in the span of like half a second, or moving three spaces in like a tenth of a second. And the game is built around you making like these little sweeping movements, pushing down your hand, and then lifting your finger back up to move a specific two to four. Um, squares over in one finger press and having to hammer down the button, hammer on the screen to move this number of times over would just feel super awkward and way worse. And on the last levels, they speed up your cursor. Um, There'd be no... If you could just tap infinitely to move left and right, there'd be no way to um, actually like determine your avatar's speed and there'd be no way to kind of plan the level designs around your avatar speed, and the faster you can tap the buttons, then <sighs> it makes sense to me. Having played the game for like 50 hours, the gradient motion makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know if that's a um, Stockholm Syndrome thing or if it really does, but...
1: It's I Stockholm, like
0: syndrome. Your Stockholm Syndrome. You're Stockholm
3: Syndrome. Your face is Stockholm Syndrome. You're... If, yeah.
2: If, if Polly... Um... Of course, is everybody to appear on the podcast? Is that Sockholm Syndrome? Huh. This podcast is over. <laughs> I'm out.
3: Fuckers. And do the rest without me. <laughs> You're recording it. How can we do it without you? You figure it out.
0: And I think okay. that's it. That's me. That's you? That's me. All right. I think it's. Time. Oh, I played Palm Fancy Tactics on my Vita.
3: Oh, John's
2: got a Vita, everybody. <laughs> a what? What? <laughs> John has a what now? John's got a Vita.
4: You know, the Vita really is the perfect system for somebody who wants to play old PS1 RPGs, Neptunia, and Trails in the Sky. Like, it's a good system for it. It
0: is. And um, uh, Danganronpa. So, oh yeah. Visual novels and old RPGs and Falcom games.
3: Yep. And VLR. And Persona
2: 4 the Golden.
0: Yeah.
3: And Persona 4 Golden, yeah. So, with that said... We'll move on to our new segment, Bud Steam, where we showcase the worst the internet oh, has to offer uh, from your local Steam forums, NeoGAF, where the hell ever bad bad things pop up on the internet. And you remember you can send your submissions off to Polly at net. You can either send me a direct link to a post or just a uh, screen cap it and send it to me. Um I've got a couple I'm going to read here. I'm going to skip number one. I'm going to move to number two and number three. Um, This is from uh, the Steam forums from, I believe it's a game called Kindred Spirits on the Roof. Uh, And it is a Yuri visual novel. Oh, that game looks so magical. Uh, And this is a post from somebody who had their username cut off because Rhett doesn't want me reading usernames. I couldn't. So I saw these posts on
4: Twitter, but I couldn't find the originals because I think they got deleted for (laughs) obvious
3: reasons. Well, we'll say this is um, Scratch My Nuts Guy. That's his name. Uh, So this is about a Yuri visual novel. This is a lesbian-focused romance. Um, And he has to say, anyway... This game represents a very worrying trend in recent otaku culture to unironically enjoy or even celebrate, celebrate lesbianism in Yuri. I fear this is the end, honestly. Otaku culture was built on het and harems, and this recent trend of increasing Yuri fandom is antithetical to its original roots.
2: Trend of lesbianism in Yuri, like this just now started...
3: Lesbianism and Yuri And Yuri okay. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Versus <laughs> I saw someone link to this city to this, like, we built this city on Het Harems.
3: Okay, Kanye West has a new tweet. That it it uh, thirty next, minutes ago. From thirty minutes what? ago. <laughs> my next album is titled <laughs> TurboGrafx <laughs> <Graphic> Six <600, laughs> as of now. You've got to be fucking. Three minutes me. ago,
0: just on just some nerd vibes, so just on some super nerd vibes. One of my favorite gaming systems when I was a kid, Blazing Lasers was probably my favorite game on that system.
2: Wait, is it? Wait, so it's not Turbo Graphics and Heartbreak?
3: Oh my god, i um, That's sorry, like I'm. i I'm like I can't even process the joke right now because this is really
2: fucking weird. Kanye
4: West is actually tweeting about Blazing Lasers right yes. now.
0: Yes. About blazing oh lasers
3: 32 minutes ago. Blazing lasers is probably my favorite game on a console. My boy Malia and I spoke about, uh, spoke about on the song drive slow. I actually, had a Neo Geo in his life, bro. We actually played Spy Hunter at my mom's house.
2: <laughs> how of daddy warbucks fucker has a Neo Geo in
3: his childhood? Even I didn't have a Neo Geo. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. Like, how does that? Fucking hell. <laughs> so yeah, there's too much too much lesbians in Otaku culture. It's just not right.
0: It's next up monster girls.
3: And our next is just uh it's it, it's <laughs> the NeoGAF forums, and this is just a topic title, but it's definitely one worth reading. Women's underwear Who is it for? <laughs> <laughs> and that's no context, it's just that's it so that is our episodes allotment of butt steam (laughs) perhaps there will be more anyway uh do we have any news not really do we have any questions nope there were no questions okay uh so boner Thank you, my friend, for joining us on this wonderful little podcast we do. I do hope you had yourself a good time. Hell's yes, cool. And uh, if people want to get down with the boneness on a more regular basis, where can they
2: find you? Uh, Bponer.tumblr.com. It's um, every now and then I shit post and like reblog eighties VHS tape. Scratched, uh, just the tracking Aesthetic Cool, cool
3: John Fire,
0: where can we find you?
3: com. Rhett Where can we find you?
4: Uh, check out the net Forum this week, cause the next LPO is starting And I'm gonna post oh, fuck, the thing f- I'm gonna post the thing for, uh The next big Gen 6 list PlayStation 2 And GameCube And
3: Dreamcast. Okay that's some cool beans and you can find me at my dumb website and if you got questions for us shoot them off to podcast at socks or shoot them on over to us on twitter at smps underscore updates and remember we are the podcast that loves you we're the only ones that love you